Hey guys, brand new podcast. And the Body Shots World Tour is on sale live. <laughs> We've added second shows to just about every single show. So if you couldn't get tickets earlier, get your tickets. By the way, I'll be in Brea. My last club date of 2018. My last, well, my last date of it, 2018. But my last club date for a full calendar year, New Year's Eve. So come out to Brea and celebrate New Year's Eve with me. But find me on the Body Shots World Tour after that. It's going to be fucking insane. It's going to be crazy. Tour bus living, baby. Yeah. Tour bus living. I cannot wait. Uh, well, I'm going to be shooting a lot of content from the tour bus and posting it on Instagram, on YouTube. I think I'm going to really step up the YouTube game. Um, stepping up the podcast game, too, fans. Let me tell you. We got big things cracking. Ha <laughs> Yep. I'm excited. I'm really excited. I'm really excited and inspired and happy and, uh, and bubbling. Uh, weighed in today and I am still down uh, a great deal of weight from Sober October. Nice. And so I'm super happy. I'm going to spin class every day. Uh, I've been pretty healthy. I, I partied pretty hard. We went wine tasting this yeah. weekend. Way easy. Yeah. Easy. I'm trying to yeah. manage the brand. Yeah. <sighs> got partied pretty hard. Lena it was got pretty hard. wasted and told our kids she smoked pot three times. And what she doesn't know I do not I told smoke pot. That you smoked pot three times. You said you had smoked pot three times. I said four four times and i had told them never so now oh, you look really? like a drug addict yeah because i know to a lot of my children anyway <clears throat> today is a fantastic podcast it always is a great podcast with wheeler walker jr um he's got a new album coming out called ww3 drops <laughs> november 3rd it's november 30th that november 3rd is my birthday november 30th um i'll mention that at the end of the podcast but i just wanted to mention that now it's a fuck. It's always a fun podcast with Wheeler. I, I fucking love that guy, and I think he's. I don't know. Oh my god! Oh, did you hear that? Did anyone hear that? That's fart? disgusting. Did you hear that fart? Yes. How could you not hear it? It ripped the fabric on the couch. I'm feeling great, fans. I keep saying fans. I'm trying to manage my brand. Fans. Uh, I'm feeling great, guys. I really am feeling great. How about listeners? Listeners. Shout out to all you listeners out there. <laughs> I was thinking about getting the girl that teaches my spin class to do motivational speeches. Yeah. And because uh, she's really good at that. And I really inspire me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I'm nervous to talk to her. Well, it sounds like she's already doing that. So get yeah, but, her to do that on your podcast. Yeah. Do like okay. a little fucking five minute blurb. Yeah. Record yeah. it in her phone. Oh, interesting. And then send it to me and then post it up. She's really Why awesome. wouldn't you ask her? Uh, because I don't want to bother her. And, and you know what? I, to be dead honest with you, I think she's uh, gay. And I think what I think what has happened to her a lot in her life yeah. is that, and I know I've done it, is people in that class attached to her because she's very positive yeah. and very, influ- very, very like alpha and very like she's running a spin class. And I would be almost certain that probably a hundred women have probably come to her to fix them. Yeah. And looked at her to fix them. Yeah. And she probably, and she's been doing this for like almost 20 years, spin, teaching spin. She's one of the best spin teachers in the world. She must have a great bod. <clears throat> uh, I, she's wears sweatpants and a sweatshirt every day, but she's in great shape. I remember when she, I know the tattoos she has. I remember her tattoos. She was had a, an amazing body in like 2004, so 2003, 2002. But uh, I really, I really dig her. I but I remember watching girls get done class and walking up to her and she has a line of people that want to talk to her after. It's almost like being a rock star or a comedian. Hey guys, today's podcast is brought to you by Blue Apron. We have Blue Apron sitting in our living room at this moment as we speak. Uh, 
we have dumpling chicken. Yeah. And pork. Nice. And what did we have Seared last night? Pork. Oh my god. Oh my god. We cooked two blue aprons last night. We had the barbecue chicken pizza, which a little. I'm gonna just let you know. If you put sour cream and barbecue sauce together, it's it good. is an amazing drizzle on a barbecue. Yes. That's how they do the barbecue. Don't you have to do barbecue sauce and uh, barbecue chicken pizza? Chicken pizza, and then what was the one you had? I had um, Korean beef on rice, and it was so good. Barbecue. Literally, Blue Apron has a spot in our fridge. Mm-hmm. They have a spot in our fridge that is just Blue Apron. Yep. Uh, they're so much a part of our family. Dinners are always cooked in as little as 20 minutes. Each week, you get at least three recipes built into your busy schedule. And they've done the meal prep for you. Quick, easy options with instant, delicious flavors. Um, don't worry about planning your meals. Just know that there's a Blue Apron in your fridge. And then go, do you guys want Blue Apron? And the girls go, yeah, what do we got? Uh, noodles. <clears throat> we got noodles tonight. I don't know what we're going to cook tonight. But I'll tell you right now. It'll probably be a Blue Apron. Um, I love Blue Apron. Check out to see what recipes they got coming out this month. Smoky Chicken and Biscuit. Smoky Chicken and Sweet Potato Bake. God damn it. I could read their fucking... Dude, their pizzas are so good. Yeah, they are. They send you the dough. Yeah. What do you think? They want to send you the dough? Make a pizza. Bring your own dough. I, and I'm telling you, the, the thing that we stand by in our family is if you eat dinner together, you talk. And if you talk, then... You get closer as a family. And I'm not even joking. We are closer as a family because of Blue Apron tonight. The conversation we're going to have over a Blue Apron, probably the chicken and dumplings, because that's what the girls want, um, is how Leanne is always the bad guy and Bert's always the good guy. Oh, I like this conversation. And I said to I, and how Isla's going to wake up and not be a mean person. Good luck. I, I, I talked to her about it and I said to her, when you went out to say goodbye to your friends, I said, Isla, I need you to start this conversation. And she goes, how do I start it? And Georgia said, start it over Blue Apron. And I went. Nice. Yeah, because that's what they call dinner now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's either Blue pizza Apron. or Blue Apron. Or Blue Apron. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're the number one meal delivery service in the country for a reason, okay? Uh, here's what you got to do. Check out this week's menu and get your first three free. <sighs> here's what you got to do. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free at blueapron.com slash Burtcast. That's blueapron.com slash Burtcast to get your first three meals for free. Take it from me. I'm telling you when I say this, you know how I talk about this product. It has changed the way our family, our family eats, the way our family hangs out, the way our family talks. We absolutely love this. And by the way, it also changes the way Leanne and I hang out because I have a glass of wine and they have great, they pair your wine with things. Mm-hmm. Like the, I think the wine pairing is up top. And we hang out. And we, last night, each cooked a Blue Apron, so we had food for today's lunch and dinner for last night. Yep. And we hung out and cooked at the same time. Yeah, it was In the kitchen. It's amazing. Get your first three meals for free at blueapron.com slash birdcast. That's blueapron.com slash birdcast to get your first three meals for free. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. This podcast is also brought to you by 23andMe. 23andMe is a sponsor. Right now, they're a sponsor. But we use them. We already used them. Yeah, I had a conversation like two with years the, ago. A year ago. A year, ago. A year yeah, ago. Yeah, last Christmas. Everyone in my family did it. Yep. And it's an amazing, it's a fun fucking thing to do as your family. Yeah, it's it, really cool. It, and not only that, it, it you learn 
more about yourself and how genes play a role in your well-being and your lifestyle choices. They talk to you about your muscle composition, your sleep movement. Here's what blew me away. Do you know what misophonia is? No. Almost everyone hates the noise of nails on a chalkboard, but for some people, with for people with misophonia, everyday noises like the sound of chewing can cause a similar reaction along with rage or panic. You might be genetically uh, leaning towards the hating the sound of chewing or like our children get mosquito bite frequencies. Some people feel they get mosquito bites more than people around them. You find out all these traits on 23andMe. Did you know that you can dislike the taste of cilantro? Your mother. My mom hates the taste of cilantro. Dude, you find out. Cilantro taste aversion. We did it and had a blast. It was fun to go through everyone's genetic makeup and, and kind of like break it down and giggle. It's Because it remember, Isla had something that nobody else had. Oh, God. <laughs> Isla had a, like a 1% from somewhere in the world that neither Bert nor I nor Georgia had. So we decided that explains a lot. That explains a lot. My dad was different than my mom, obviously. But was, <laughs> Let's was, hope so. <laughs> <laughs> you might be a mongoloid. No, but my sisters were different. We did it as a whole family. And right now, 23 and me. <laughs> my mom through was the different de- than my December 25th. <laughs> no, I hope so. Look. It's the perfect gift for everyone in your family. <laughs> There's never been a better way to give the gift of genetic discovery to your parents, your siblings, <laughs> your grandparents, and everyone else on your list. It's the gift that you can buy the entire family, and it'll be unique for everyone. Are you dying right now? And then when you do go, oh my God, mom and dad are totally opposite. They're so different. <laughs> It's so easy to do. Literally, you get it, you spit in a tube, and you send it in. You, you crack it, like you spit in a tube, you crack it, some juices float in, you register your sample, and in a few weeks, you get your personalized online reports. It's a great Christmas gift. It really is a great... We had a blast doing it. We did. We had a fucking blast. Right now, through December 25th, get 30% off any 23andMe kit. Order your DNA kit at 23andMe.com slash... Burtcast. That's the number 23 and me. That's 23 and a n d me.com slash Burtcast. One more time. That's the number two, the number three, a n d me.com slash Burtcast. Again, that's 23andme.com slash Burtcast for all you people putting ampersands in there. Do oh. not put an ampersand in there. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks. Man, we love the shit out of the fucking Omaha Steaks. We just got Leanne's dad Omaha Steaks for Christmas. Yep. My dad Omaha Steaks for Christmas. Yep. It's so easy because, you know, every dude loves steaks. Yep. And they have more than steak. They have, do you know they have um, they have fettuccine alfredo? They have twice baked potatoes. Dude, I'll tell you right now, those fucking uh, apple tartlets, caramel apple tartlets, are amazing. 
you're not American if you can't have one of Omaha Steaks apple tartlets with a scoop of vanilla ice cream in the center, hot out of the oven. They have pumpkin pie too. They have pumpkin pie? Yes, and they have pumpkin the cheesecake. Fra- the Frankfurters they have. Oh the my hot God, dogs. the hot dogs. We had those. <gasps> so we were up in Big Bear, and not in Big Bear, in San Ynez, and we bring all our tw- all our uh, Omaha Steaks, all the all the sausages and hot dogs and, and all the all that stuff. Yep. So we bring it up there. The first day, Isla sleeps till like noon. She wakes up. I'm doing good on my diet. I'm not eating too much. I know that Thanksgiving's coming around. Isla says, can I have a hot dog? And I go, oh God, you want an amazing hot dog? And I make her, I make one. I open the pack of four, I make one. And then I look at it and I go, that looks so fucking good. So I make another one. And then my dad sees it and he goes, God, that looks so fucking good. And then I make that one. And then I was like, fuck it. Let's just eat the fourth one. Yep. I, the, ate, I ate the fourth one. You ate the fourth one? Yeah, I did. It was so good. They they have great meatballs too. It's not just steak. Is my point. They have chicken. They have oh oh they have um like um cod, like beer battered cod. If you want fish and chips. Right now, Omaha Steaks is giving an amazing limited time offer to my listeners. When you go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code Burtcast into the search bar, you'll get seventy four percent off Omaha Steaks family gift package. Originally $195, now only $49. I think that's the one we sent to your dad. Yeah. I'm telling you, for 49 bucks, this has so much. It's got four hand-cut aged tender, aged top sirloin steaks, two premium pork chops, four chicken fried steaks, four Omaha steak burgers, four snappy kielbasa sausages, all beef meatballs, four potatoes au gratin, four apple caramel tartlets, plus four more burgers for free. Think about all that I just said for $49. Go to a steakhouse and try to get that. Go to a restaurant and try to order all that for $49. Now, of course, you got to cook it yourself, but I mean, let's be real. It's worth it. Enter the code BIRDCAST into the search bar. Oh, that's the important part. You need to listen to this. This is the important part. You may get confused. Right now, listen to me. Okay. Go to omahasteaks.com, right? Mm-hmm. And enter BurtCast into the search bar. So you'll see the search bar at the top. In the search bar, type in BurtCast, and then this deal will come up. That's super important you oh, do that. Okay. It's not a promo code. Don't think of that. Go to the search bar. When you go to omahasteaks.com, type in BurtCast, and then this code, will, this will come up. Awesome. This package. Okay. Good to know. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I remembered that. I had the, I talked to the Omaha Steaks lady, and she told me, by the way, what a fucking amazing family. Did you know the history on Omaha Steaks? I did not know the history on Omaha Steaks. It began with a father and a son who left Latvia to escape religious persecution. Oh, wow. Dude, I love a story like this. You know what I'd, I'd be cool with? Hmm. Like telling stories like this on like a, if I had a network deal somewhere, and then just get tell oh, the Omaha Steaks. You can't let Omaha Steaks be involved because they probably want to tell it. You know, to, they don't want to be brand friendly and things. This is a different world. People get triggered by the weird things. Mm-hmm. But I'd love to hear this man's story. Pa- after passing through Ellis Island, they boarded a train going west and got off when they land. They looked like Latvian farm country. How fucking crazy is that? That is crazy. You get on a train and in, you're speaking Latvian to each other. And you're like, basically he's like, Papa, look, it looks like home. And he goes, all right, here's where we get off. How fucking cool is that? Pretty cool. So funny. I wonder if that's why we have vineyards in San Ynez, because it kind of looks like Italy. And I wonder if Italians came out there and were like, this looks like what we know how to grow. I think it has to do with the weather and the soil. But nice try. After settling in Omaha. Wow, Omaha looks like Latvia? 
fucking amazing. You're making this read last for fucking ever. All right. Let's go. Go to omahsteaks.com. Type in BurtCast into the search bar to get your deal of $49.99 for the family gift package. And I bet if you go to omahsteaks.com, you can read the family history on their website. I bet you. I bet you can. I bet you can too. This podcast is also brought to you by Tipsy Elves. I feel like a tipsy elf right now. We were up in wine country and we were doing family photos and Leanne pulled out uh, three hilarious sweaters. <laughs> I did, I did. And we, the, all the girl I was taking, obviously I'm taking family photos shirtless. So the girls threw on their tipsy elf sweaters and we took a family photo that we're going to send out for Christmas. Yep. And I was so excited. I was so excited because... I can't wait. I'll, I'll post it on Instagram. The second we get that photo up, I'll post it on Instagram. I'll tag Tipsy Elves. They are, uh, they're fucking perfect for this time of year. Everyone needs an ugly Christmas sweater this time of year. Everyone gets invited to that office party or that party with your friends and you need a go-to sweater. You do not want to have to go to a thrift store looking for a sweater. And then once you find it, you're like, whoo, this smells like asbestos. Right. You want your own ugly mm-hmm. sweater. And these are the perfect ugly sweaters for you. Some and of them are very adult and hysterical. So we bought some uh, more kid-appropriate ones, but some of them, there's like one of Santa Claus peeing Merry Christmas into the snow. Hysterical. Oh, what was mine? It was about uh, uh, yoke. It was North Swole. North Swole. <laughs> <laughs> North Swole. <laughs> Listen, after you pick up uh, a sweater, go check out all the other stuff they have. There's, they have a stylish Christmas suit for the classiest Hollywood holiday gentlemen. Interactive sweaters, beer pong, cornholing. Uh, drinking game darts so Uncle Bob can relive his college glory days and even a hilarious themed tea and awesome cozy onesies. Ooh, onesies for everyone. For women, you can get a holiday dress that you can get down with your bad elf. Get it? Uh-huh. Your bad, your elf. bad elf. Eye-catching leggings so you can strike the festive yoga pose or lounge around with a cup of spiked eggnog. Trust me, you are not going to find anything better than this anywhere. Make sure to get your ugly Christmas sweater before the ugly Christmas sweater party. And right now, my listeners can get 20% off tipsyelves.com when you use my code BERTCAST at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order on the site. Go to tipsyelves.com. That's T-I-P-S-Y-E-L-V-E-S.com. And enter my code BERTCAST, BERTCAST at checkout to get 20% off site-wide discounts this podcast is also brought to you by quip which has been in my mouth for about a month that sounds weird to say <laughs> quip get in my mouth here's what they do they all what's the matter it's a good toothbrush okay i thought you were, i thought i was no it's I was a good toothbrush offending the brand um quip is fantastic they make these great toothbrushes that are electric they they beep and buzz for they buzz but they beep for every quadrant you should brush your in your mouth they also have these great tops that if you take off you can push up against the mirror and it holds your toothbrush in it the top then goes back on the top and you can throw it in your fucking backpack if you're a traveling comedian here's the thing i will say make sure to leave a note to yourself because i have left a quip toothbrush in a hotel because you don't it's so perfect for your house yeah it really is perfect for your house look if you're a fucking comedian that travels all around the world you're going to run into these problems everywhere but it's perfect art leanne's is on her side of the of the bathroom yeah isla's on her side of the bathroom george is on we have it for the whole family and what's even better is quip is on top of the game and they send you new brushes every time that a dentist know would be like your time to replace your brush they send you a new brush yep they do 
Yeah, and they're awesome designs. I like a sleek design. Looks like a Norwegian toothbrush. Here's what you do. I love Quip, and I think you're going to love Quip as much as I do. More importantly, I think Quip makes a fucking fantastic gift. Yeah, it if does. If you've got someone in your family who travels, and I say I only say travels because I, you travel. I travel and I use that top, and I, I'm, I've yet to find a toothbrush that has a top like that. Yeah, it's really cool, and the top also has some kind of like mirror magnet, so you can hang it on the mirror, but it doesn't get like unsticky. It's really, really cool. It it's really is a weird design that that can go in my backpack, and then it sticks on the mirror. Yeah, it sticks on the mirror and then the the thing that sticks on the mirror is also the lid the top to to keep it sanitary it's great for holiday travel if you're traveling somewhere for christmas it's fantastic for holiday travel so grab yourself one it's a great stocking stuffer yep and it's the first electric toothbrush accepted by the american dental association and has thousands of five star verified five star reviews i love quip i love quip because i brush as long as they say to brush I feel absolutely fresh. You do? And if I take a regular brush, I'm not counting out 30 seconds. Right, right. 30 seconds. Right. No. Who does that? That's why they have over 5,000 verified five-star reviews. Quip looks like a big ticket tech gift with a stocking stuffer price starting at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash Burt right now, you get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush but you don't have to tell your gifty that. <laughs> That's your first refill pack for free at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Burt. This podcast is also brought to you by Legacy Box. Legacy Box awesome. is fucking amazing. What you do is you have those videos, those photos. They're all sitting in your man cave uh, in the second drawer over by the TV. And you go, shit, what am I going to do with these? Oh, man, I don't want to just, I'm not going to pull out a DV camera and then plug it into my computer because it doesn't have an HDMI connection. Right. And, and then watch it and then fast forward on a fucking camera. What you do is you grab that shit and you send it to Legacy Box. We did it with a bunch of stuff with all your Hurt Bird episodes. We did it with uh, a lot of your stand-up from like 20 of, years ago. A lot of the stuff was on VCR. And it who was the all fuck VHS, has a VCR? Yeah. What, are you going to go buy a VCR so right. that you can watch something? Because you find it and you're like, oh, I want to watch that now. Here's what you do. Super easy. Let's see if I can find the instructions of how they do that. Send your legacy box filled with your home movies and pictures and they'll do the rest. Professionally digitizing your moments onto a thumb drive, digital download, or DVD. Easy to follow instructions, safety barcodes included for every item. Receive all your original recorded moments back along with perfectly preserved digital copies. Get personalized updates at every step. Receive up to 12 personalized email updates. They are the largest, most trusted digitizers in home movies and photos. Over 450,000 families have trusted Legacy Box. Over a decade of experience, all the work is done by hand right here in the U.S. of A. We are doing it. I will be posting these videos and editing these videos and posting them on Instagram, all my old stuff from the X show, from Hurt Burt, my stand-up clips, and I will be tagging Legacy Box. You do the same and tag me in it. But more importantly, first, you got to take the first step. There's never been a better time. And I'm telling you right now, your whole family is going to be coming around for Christmas. Surprise the whole family. Go in and Great get, idea. get all those digitized and then get it on a thumb drive. Get it on a digital download and watch it with the whole family in the living room. Dude, I'm telling you, there's no better feeling than getting a little buzz with the family and watching shit you haven't seen in 
50, 40 years. That's awesome. That'll be a great thing to do for Pulling Christmas. out a VCR. <laughs> Plus, for a limited time offer, they're offering my listeners an exclusive discount. Go to LegacyBox.com slash BurtCast to get 40% off your first offer. That's 40% off your first officer offer. Go to LegacyBox.com slash BurtCast and save 40% today and start preserving your past. Ladies and gentlemen, those are the reads. Holy Thank moly. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank, and listen, I, I know that it was a lot today, but yep. I just want to say thank you. Thank you to my sponsors. Thank you to my listeners. Thank you for everyone that goes and supports these guys because these guys are the reason that I can take the podcast to the next level. The podcast is doing really, really well right now and more people than ever are wanting to, wanting to advertise. And I know you're thinking, Bert, be more selective. Listen, in order to give you a better product, I am grateful for every single person that advertises on this podcast. And, and what I know for a fact is that people love all my sponsors. Well, the fact is, every single one of those sponsors we actually use. Every single one, every one is of them. in our house right yes, now. All of them. Those, those we're not. That you're not talking about something for that you have no experience with. All of this. I'm looking is around the room, used. looking at sponsors right now. The sponsors are everywhere. Sponsor my life. <laughs> Today's podcast is awesome. It's always awesome with Wheeler Walker Jr. I know you're going to love it. We talk about his tour with Kid Rock. We talk about what it's like touring with Kid Rock in, an, in a weird, interesting, anticlimactic, but yet fascinating kind of way. Uh, we talk about his new album, WW3, World War III, which comes out November 30th. I was really bummed to miss this one. Yeah, he missed, he missed that you weren't here, and he plays a great song. At the end, he plays a song for you. So I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your November into December. I'll see you on the road. I love you guys with all my heart. Thank you so much for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, today's BirdCast, Wheeler Walker Jr. been crazy for you huh yeah it's been fucking insane man um we recording yeah because we can you can say crazy on the air um <laughs> yeah i just you know what it's just i'm i fucking hate travel i don't know we're, we're kind of in the same game just fucking yeah. traveling i just i don't especially now with album sales down so much the money's in touring and i'm, I'm sure for you i mean that's all that's how you make your living i don't know how you guys do it every week i had a taste of what you're probably living which is i just got done with kid rock touring with Kid Rock it was crazy we can get into it in a second but what I wanted to talk about was it's the first time Kid Rock only tours weekends ooh Um, that's not bad it it feels like it's not bad but I'm saying that's that's what you do right technically because I do uh, now this in the in the fall I'll be doing Wednesdays Thursdays Fridays Saturdays Sundays and sometimes Mondays see that's what happened well what happened to us is we, we would do you know we take the bus out of Nashville on a Thursday night and listen don't get me wrong i've heard the musicians i used to be a kid watching mtv musicians complaining i'd say fuck you shut the yeah. fuck up sounds awesome it's all buses up. are based out of nashville um yeah all but that's the one thing i learned is if you want to take a bus it's got to come out of nashville well there's like there's got to be some la there's got to be some but most buses are based out of nashville yeah first of all and joey didn't believe me but you can't take a shit on a bus you know that <laughs> Joe, he thought you could take his shit on a bus? Well, he's like, he. Well, his argument wasn't a bad one. He said Ralphie May owned a bus, and there's no way he didn't take his shit on that. 
Yeah. I go, but that's a, that's a hell of a point, but it's still, I mean. <laughs> that doesn't mean that you can. Ralphie probably didn't, didn't mind smelling his own shit. I don't know, but you can't take a shit on a bus. No, yeah. So, um, I was trying to explain, there's nowhere for it to go. Although one weekend we had a, cause we, we don't, I don't tour enough to, to buy a bus. So I rent buses. And one weekend we had a They're bus. They're expensive. Oh fuck. It's so goddamn expensive. Um, that's the other thing I'm jealous of you is you get a check and you just take the check. I get a check and that's the beginning. I start paying band members, buses. Wait, I want to get into that. Keep going with what you're saying about. Um, so yeah, we, we like, let's say we, we tour, we'll do Friday, Saturday night with Kid Rock to help pay for it. We'll do like a Thursday night somewhere on the way, Yeah. which means to, if we have a Thursday night gig, we leave Wednesday night. You know, if we're playing, the the drive is all day. So we'll leave Wednesday night. And once you start doing what you're doing, Wednesday night through Sunday, you're at home two days a week, you know? So it's just like, all of a sudden, my dream of touring only weekends becomes only living... I mean, I'd rather be at home two days a week than none, you know, the old days of yeah. four weeks in a row. But it's still, it's just, it's not like, you know, it's not, um, it's not like... Um, just heading out i mean i know i have friends who you know are big time who can fly in a private plane friday saturday night that's a whole lot different is that what kid rock does he flies in kid rock he did do that quite a bit i think i mean i think some some of the west coast shows he stayed at like a house or something but yeah yeah there were definitely dates i saw him i would see him walk into the venue hour before a show so wait did he fly in and then get on a bus and go to the next city or fly in then private jet private jet private jet i think I don't, I don't think I'm telling stories out of school. I think it was like private jet, private. I think it was like... I saw him. He's good friends with uh, with Chris Porter. Who's that? Chris Porter's a comic out of Kansas Yeah, I mean... Or out of LA, but... Super... Yeah. He's, a, he's a super nice guy, and he really helped... He, helped he, he was great to me on the tour. I actually gave him a present at the end of the tour, a trophy with two silver balls, you know, and said, you know, thanks for being the first artist to have the ball to let me open up a, a tour, because yeah. that was the thing. I was just like, you know sitting there playing fuck you bitch and there's like kids in the audience in the in amphitheater then i got all felt all weird and then i was like wait a second you shouldn't be bringing a kid to fucking kid rock anyway yeah. it still felt kind of weird but um super nice guy really takes care of his his crew and um how big how big is the whole like how big is your group and how big is kid rock's group my group everything fit on the bus so your group leaves out of nashville and it's you uh drummer bassist guitarist pedal steel and then, and then that's it. And a tour manager. And a tour manager. And uh, I mean, a bus driver. And a bus driver. I mean, and the, also they can only drive ten hours in a row. So if oh, it was longer, fuck. if it was longer than that, we would have to get a second bus driver who would sleep in a bunk. Um, Jesus Christ, this is making no sense. My, I'm trying to plan my tour out. And why are you thinking about buses? Well, we've we've kind of consu- well, it got out of control in the adding shows where you just got exci- we get excited and you're like, and then I'm part of me is like, dude, I want. I mean, the pinnacle for a comic is doing a theater tour, and as long as people want to come to your, it's my first theater tour. So, oh, congrats, man! Yeah, thanks. I saw the, I saw the post. It was just like, I mean, it made me jealous. Just like these posts is like tour on sale, sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out. Yeah, I think everything sold out. So we added a show. Only one that didn't sell out is Vegas, but I think that's because it's a destination yeah. um, place, and people don't know that they're going to Vegas. Yeah, yet. no one really just lives in Vegas and goes <laughs> yeah. to shows. And so. Uh, and so, um, what was I? And so we looked at it, and I was, I just was like, dude, if, if people want an, a third show, I'll add it. I'll come in Wednesday. Just because you I'll, never know when you can, you know. 
get out there. I'm not coming back for another, definitely for another year. Like I won't be coming back to any of these venues. So what's for what's year. the what's the graduation from clubs to theaters? How do you? I mean, you just make a decision. This is a Netflix special, maybe. I think it's a little bit of a gamble. Uh, it's it's part of it is. I mean, I can tell you. I think you know, and this isn't just my thought. It's it's friends of mine thoughts. But once you're doing clubs, clubs work like this. Once you can sell out club, once you can uh, sell tickets at the clubs, that's like a fucking game. Changer. Yeah, people just don't understand how hard it is to sell a fucking ticket. Dude, selling a ticket is so difficult because you need people to care about you. Like I remember saying at one point, if I quit comedy, I said this for the majority of my entire career. If I quit comedy, not a lot of people would care. Not a lot of people would notice. Now I'm not saying I'm not saying that like a woe is me, but I'm just saying no one really. There was a big stretch of. <laughs> where I was doing it for me. Like every night I did it, people would laugh, but like I was doing this going like, I believe that I have something bigger to share. And I, and then if I had quit, and there's a lot of people that quit, that you just go, yeah, whatever happened to that fucking guy? No one gives a fuck. Once you can sell tickets, that's a game changer. If you can sell $6,000 worth of tickets, that's fucking big. That's a lot in a weekend. Say that again, $6,000? $6,000 worth of tickets is like, is like that will pay for... Uh, that that that's like the threshold of like where they can paper the room. Still, they can make money on food and beverage. So you don't get a piece of because I'm trying to do now is get because I'm selling I'm I'm setting alcohol records everywhere. So I'll, I'm, I'll, I'm, I'll break you. I'll, I'll walk okay. you through it because okay. I would I would argue to say I probably the number one alcohol selling. Well, that's part of the act, yeah. In the in the probably the world, I would say the world comedian wise I would just, argue just say it no one would know, would yeah. know just say it. it's been brought back to me that I'm the number one <laughs> but like so I would set bar records at every club I'd go to or I'd, they'd run out of beer first show run out of booze run out of Tito's first show once you can sell $6,000 tickets that's that now you can they can paper the room they can pay you three grand they can make some money at the door that's great and then you're only going your way up there um, then it's selling out a club at $20 tickets $20 tickets if you can sell out a club at twenty dollars tickets, you're making you're making good money for yourself, and you're making the club good money. And then you go to thirty dollars tickets, and then selling at thirty dollars tickets. Is when you're a lot talking, harder. are you talking about three nights at a club? Or I'm two? talking about five nights at least. Jesus. And then thirty dollars tickets is a bigger. That's a big jump because you you go from selling out at twenty dollars tickets to not selling out. Like to go in like Thursday's got like a hundred tickets left. Sunday's light. Um, still have tickets to the early show Saturday. Like that's thirty dollars tickets, and then once you can sell out thirty dollars tickets, you make them up to thirty five dollars tickets. Because then the theory is you need to get to thirty five dollars tickets so you can graduate into theaters. Thirty five dollars tickets. Now you're getting a large percentage of the door. Um, people are coming to see so you. You negotiate that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You negotiate your ticket price and your percentage, and then once you're adding shows at thirty five dollars a ticket, like meaning like. The club's calling like a week out going, we want to add two Sunday, two Saturday, one Thursday, two Sunday, or two Sunday, one Thursday. Can you do a Wednesday show? We want to do a third Friday show. That's when you can make the jump to theaters. Got it. And then yep. once you do the theaters, and then theaters are interesting. And this is, by the way, this is just really inside baseball, is that I think we're in different venue types. Like mine's mostly se- mostly seated, and yours is mostly standing. So you're doing rock clubs. Yeah, I mean, I'll do I'll do places where like I'll, I'll go back there, and, I'll, and they'll go, and I'll go, last time we sold it out, why is it not sold out? They're like, last time we had the seats out. This time we took them out. So it holds an extra 800 people. Yeah, you know? it's like that's the truck. 
I sat 600 at the truck, but you can sit like 1100, I think, or 900 standing. And it's a totally different show. I mean, it's just fucking packed. But um, rock venues, you get a different breakdown of money because a lot of those rock venues are a little older run. Like the truck, it's harder to make money at the truck because... What's the truck? Trocadero in Philadelphia. You should definitely play there. I feel, I feel like that sounds familiar. I think I may have you'd, you'd sell that out very quickly. Because your tour, you did through Southern California was fucking Yeah, we're doing Yeah, we're doing that again. Same dates this year. We're doing uh, the Novo. Are you going to be here November 20... I want to say the 29th. No. I'm in uh, San Yanez. Santa, Santa Yanez. Well, you're going to be close. Yeah. Um, we're doing uh, Santa Ana, San Diego, L.A., and then um, and then Phoenix, but those are t- those are tough to sell because in country people tend to travel to shows, so to do three in a really close area is is what's tough because people are used to you know like when I don't know Chris Stapleton or like a Kenny Chesney he'll do a big show, but he'll but he'll have to make it big enough like it's the only one in the area, so like everyone within three states all goes. That's all interesting, there, yeah, because that's also the fan base likes to drive. Well, yeah, they just—that's why they only do weekends, is because country fans don't go to shows during the week. Because they're working. They're working, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, because I asked, I asked Dirk Spenley once. I go, "How did you know when it's?" Because no one, how do you know when it's ready? Be ready for arenas? He goes, he was kind of like, you know, don't tell anybody, but you know, you don't. He's like, you I did my. He goes, don't. my first arena tour, because we were getting great reviews. People were loving it. We're playing set twenty thousand seat places, selling a thousand tickets. 2,000 tickets, which is a lot of tickets, but when it, in 20,000, 18,000 seat arenas is pretty sad. Yeah. And then he just, we had to fucking bail, just go back to theaters, you know, Dude, try yeah. again in two years, you know. I had, uh, I had, um, an, I had a couple people reach out to me and tell me I wasn't ready to do theaters and say, you're not ready. Your, your Netflix special hasn't aired long enough. You're not, you're not ready career wise. Your material won't be read. Like a bunch of people reached out to try to, I don't know, to try to get in your head. For whatever reasons they do who, that. Who did this? Friends or? Uh, no, agents. Uh, agents at opposing agencies. And it was just kind of. Well, well, it, well, to try. I don't know, dude. I wish I knew. I wish I knew. I talked well, to one of my buddies about it last night. I think, I think, namely to get you to leave your agency, to go, we know better. Um, I think that's probably number one. Just in case it doesn't sell, then you. In can... case it doesn't sell, they're like, we told you so. Okay. And then if it does sell, they know I'm not going there anyway. So I guess it's their one angle in and then also they have clients that are touring at the same time that they want to try to hedge their best that's a weird thing for an agent to call and say like hey i'm from a competing agency just wanted to say your tour is gonna suck you know yeah yeah it fucks with your head too because then you're like well shit man is my ego getting in front of this if that's what people think of me is my ego driving this and then but but dirks bentley is right you really don't know if you're ready to sell theaters because you go and because I really thought my audience was a club audience. I thought I was meant for the clubs, stay in the clubs. That's where I make my money. I didn't think anyone would make the leap and go, now we'd like to go see him in the theater because it's a different show. It's not as intimate, but I think I think it's I'm more of a storyteller. So it lends itself to a theater fine enough. Yeah, well, that's I, I agree with you. I'm psyched, and I'm psyched to see it. Hopefully, I assume you're going to Nashville, right? I guess uh, no, no, no. I've only done, I've only booked out like most of the east coast i've only booked out cities that i haven't performed in in like within a year so yeah. oh mostly the east coast and some west coast states yeah because i don't think people will understand how hard it is i remember when it first hit me like that i was you know how lucky i was i, I was the first tour we played a a place in seattle held 500 seats 
And there was a, I saw a poster of the artist I knew who I thought we were competing against each other. You know, the same kind of air because our albums had come out at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Oh, I I know them to the owner. Like, you know, they they sell it out too." They go, "No, no, they sold five tickets. They're playing the next night." It's just like, how, what the fuck? You know, I thought we were selling this. You know. I saw them on the iTunes charts five places behind me. Yeah. I thought we were in the same ballpark. You know, fuck, I mean, I mean, when you, th- I, and then I remember just thinking about it, like, actually, I should only be selling, you know, five tickets is, you know, it's, it's five tickets is still five tickets. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's still yeah. five people, you yeah, know, still, still I was psyched. I mean, I was psyched that it was 500, you know, but it was like, and it was sold out, but it was like, I could easily, it's, the difference between 500 and five isn't that much, you know? It's it real. I remember. I there's been times when I was younger where I I thought to myself, if you had all just called one more friend, this would be half packed. Like if you all just had reached out and been like, and then I remember in my head blaming the audience, going, "Do you guys not have fucking friends? Like why don't you just, dude? I there. This is gonna sound silly because we're talking about selling tickets, but I think it's it's more comfortable for me to talk about when I didn't sell tickets because that's the majority of my career is going in on a Sunday and being in Sacramento and walking into the bar and go, how's the show look? I still say that every night. How's the show look? Because it's such a natural habit. And them going, we're not no show tonight. And you're like, really? And they're like, well, there's five people. Unless you want to do stand-up for an hour in front of five people, I assume we give them their money back. And then I was like... Well, that would happen? Oh, a lot. A yeah. lot. And let me tell you something. This is going to sound uh, a tad bit fucked up. But if it wasn't for black people, I would never have done stand-up on Sunday nights. Ever. Why is that? Because black women would always, without doubt, accept free tickets to come see my show. They would never on a Friday or Saturday, but on Sunday nights, for some reason, black women in particular, I performed for black people on Sundays for my whole career. Fucking... I mean, why were you giving away just to sell beer and shit? Uh, yeah, just give away tickets. And, and black chicks would always just be like, ah, we'll go see him. Black guys, not as much. I, I mean, there would be big, big groups of, of black people. But like, just for some reason, I just remember distinctly seeing black women on my Sunday shows. And I remember one time, I remember being like, I had so much material about black women because that's all I perform for on Sunday nights. See, that's got to be good training. Oh, dude, one of my favorite jokes to black women always. This is one of my favorite quickest jokes. I go, uh, you ever have sex with a white guy? And immediately they just give this disgusted face. I go, ugh, no. And I'd, I'd go, uh, well, it's different. Uh, it's kind of like getting your ears pierced. You feel a little prick and then it's over. And they'd laugh inevitably. And I'd be like, but it's so, yeah, I'm, dude, I, I literally I have to joke about wanting to date black I mean I have so much material about black women that's because crazy, that's man. I perform Sunday nights specifically for for black women. Yeah, and country's weird because that Snoop Dogg video of him singing my song got me huge in the black community and yeah. now like my joke is like now I'm like the biggest draw for like I literally get 5 to 7 black people per show. <laughs> Like, which is big, huge in country music. It's huge. Yeah, I mean, when you think, of, I mean, well, I would, I would assume, I would assume, uh, I, I wonder if this is the right way to use it. The culture, which is is black people, which is hip hop, which is realness, will fucking love you. Well, that's the, well, there. And here's my thing about what I always say about country is, and I've gotten a lot of credit for you know talking. I get shit for it too. Is what country nowadays is doing is taking the culture 
and taking all the blackness out of it. It really is. You're they're, totally they're, they're right. They're taking the beats and they're taking the you know the movements. The guys doing this. If you aren't listening, you can't see what I'm doing. I'm doing like Eminem move with my hands, you know. <laughs> and um, the, you know they're talking. The, you know they're taking the and they're taking out all the references and just making you know taking what they because white people would love that hip hop shit if they were allowed to listen to it, but they don't listen to it. Yeah. So they, they, they crack her it up for these stupid fucking crackers and they, and they take all the, they keep the beats and the bass and they just add a little twang to it and they change the, you know, the syrup to like, you know, uh, Coors Light or whatever the fuck it is. And they just, they just, I mean, to me, it's just fucking racism. That's all it is. And, you know, so I just, I just say it how it is. I was actually, Killer Mike came to a show recently for real yeah he's awesome man and we just talked about that it's just like because a lot of his buddies you know producers are now going to nashville to produce fucking country well because a beat's a beat right yeah i mean these guys making beats they used to sell them for big money to kanye or kendrick or whoever now they're selling them to fucking florida georgia line you know and it's just they're using the same beats and they just change the they make sure that the guy you know has got a southern accent and he can you know rhyme you know uh, beer with not I guess they don't say queer but beer with you know what's a what's a rhyme for beer I don't know I'm on a kill deer this beer like I yeah. killed that <laughs> yeah I mean there's lots of those there's like a million songs there's like there's like Luke Bryan's got beer in the headlights which doesn't mean fucking anything you know they just take take <laughs> yeah there's a million songs that just you know like um, I was I thought I was when you're coming over I thought of a country lyric that I was like uh that I was like this could be uh, a legit Luke Bryan song if it ain't woke, don't fix it. Oh, they're gonna. I mean, that's probably already recorded. I don't know what you're wasting your. I mean, any 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 pun, they'll they're fucking all over it. Yeah, you know. What's I, Killer Mike like? Just super nice guy. He's a you know, sweet. I, dude, I I love him in interviews. I love I love Run the Jewels. I love Run the Jewels, and I love I fucking him with lo I, and I love his fucking solo shit too. Dude, I was I. This is gonna sound. I, this may not be accurate, but I think I bought a Killer Mike. Uh, CD in the nineties. Oh no, he was around. Yeah, yeah, he was um, part of that Outcast crew and shit. Um, I wanted to. It was a cool. That's what I loved. You know, play, playing the music when all because I played Atlanta. Zach Brown came to the show and Killer Mike. So it's me, Zach Brown, Killer Mike hanging up backstage. It's like kind of bringing you know everybody together. But it's almost like what the point I was trying to make before is black people don't listen to country because country music basically is telling them we don't want you you know the way they the way they market and put out music is like it's a party and you're not fucking invited yeah you know it's not like you know in the 60s i guess rock and roll obviously i mean there's a lot of white artists but they, but they're they were reaching out you know to get your you the, the audience was diverse i think with your comedy is the same way you know you're kind of the way you do your comedy is kind of asking for all different types of people but country music is very much just like listen this is a white people party and um, we're going to talk about really specific things about, you know, white shit and just, you know, white straight shit, you know, you know, people ask why there's no gay people in the country. Just like, again, it's. it's yeah. Why don't they have a gay artist? And I'm sure they do. have. Tons. I'm sure they do. Uh, closeted. I mean, I met some of the we did uh, not CMA, but uh, the other one, maybe it was CMA. I don't know. We did one of the award shows and there was a family band we worked with and it was very clear that the brothers were uh not brand friendly yeah there's a decent amount of uh gay writers because because the, they used to be an artist and yeah. they got kind of pushed out of the industry it's weird how machismo like the the like, luke bryant's and like 
like the but it's it is a, a little bit uh razzle dazzle well that's the thing too it's 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 so manly you got to be straight but what they're doing is so gay you know yeah with tight jeans tight and jeans the, and dancing around to like real like kind of dancey beats and girls shirts screen. with their sleeves cuts off cut off and the and the hat with the it's the party girl hat that she wears to cancun oh, yeah. and it's like what the fuck ever happened to like the outlaws the fucking- yeah, if you walked into a, cl- a club dressed like they're dressed they'd say no no the gay bar's down the street yeah know? That's really interesting that there is like a a femininity to the to the and then you see someone like Kid Rock is kind of leaned leaned into country. Yeah, he's he's thought of as a country artist now, I think. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So wait, let's I want to get into touring with Kid Rock. Like, does he party still? Is it pretty like is he got is he like like no, I'm sorry, I gotta meditate now? Well, here's the thing people, I guess people don't know is when I'm on like a tour like that is anybody opening up, you know, it's not just a backstage. People think it's just like a room backstage. I mean, they got, we got our buses. There's another artist, Brantley Gilbert, who's there too. There's, I mean, I don't, I did, I didn't see him. I mean, I hung out with him a little bit, but yeah. by the time he's on, I'm not a joke. I was just, you know, I got the wife and kid now. Um, I go back to the bus. I go to sleep, you know. Really? Because we, I go, I go on, you know, an hour or two before, a couple hours before him, and I kind of we our bus has a TV in, and I'll just go back to the watch TV. I, I used to wake up to like I was in fucking Nam, wake up to explosions that going on on stage to him, you know. But now, and then it starts soothing me to sleep, you know. You know, obviously twenty five fucking explosions went off during Bow with the Bow, or you know, yeah. however you pronounce that song, and you know, it's just um. <laughs> It's just fucking, uh, you know, explosion. It's craziness, man. And I did a, a video recently where I went through the crowd, like a selfie v- music video for one of my new tunes. And it was it was like um, I had a guy in front and in back just kind of making sure people didn't, like, attack me. And they were pretty cool. I mean, no one really bothered. I mean, it's probably a bad sign that I didn't get attacked too bad. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was, it was cool. But I didn't really hang out. I don't, I mean, he's also an older guy now too but i don't how old is he He can't be too old i mean a little 45 40 yeah probably late 40s but he um he doesn't party like he did when he was 25 but that but i also i'm speaking i don't know i didn't i didn't hang out with him after by the time the show i always assumed that these tours were like were like just one party room where everyone's like fucking smoking cigarettes and drinking beers and they're like who wants coke i always assume that's it no i mean if i ever want like it was like and again, I don't want to tell stories out of school, but if I wanted to like hang with him or talk to him, like I had to figure, you know, talk to people, you know, what times to get here, where's a good time to meet up, you know, there was no like. Oh, because he's on a schedule. Yeah, I mean, and also he's got, I mean, he's got a wife now, he's got kids, he's like, you know, he doesn't just go back with the with the band, you know, and What's just a job. Fuck. Yeah, and he just um, I mean, if there were if there were wild parties, I didn't fucking see him. Yeah, you we know? we did uh, I did a thing for uh, Rover Fest. Uh, Rover's morning. Oh morning. yeah, yeah. I did that, that show. Do you do you remember? Um, I think the first time on your podcast, you're like, "Listen here," and I still remember to this day. Here's what you got to go on. You name like twenty shows, yeah. radio shows, and podcasts and shit. And now every time I'm on one of those, I was like, I sh- "I'm following Bert's list," and I still remember the list. Too. Dude, Rover. I did Rover Fest. That was fucking. That's the biggest show I've ever performed at. I don't know how. I mean, I want to say. Yeah, that. they want me to do that. They said it was like twenty thousand. It's twenty thousand people. It's you should definitely do that. Yeah, you they, should definitely. They do mentioned that. it. Um, and also, I did free beer and hot wings, which I remember. Oh, you, love you free beer and hot. They wings. were the they were the the nicest fucking guys. And then, 
they said the same thing as you, which is I went to the building morning of the show. This can't be their fucking office in here. Yeah. It was like this. It was this building <laughs> under. They said it's a little under construction. A little. You know, I go a little under construction. It was like a. It was one office with like the rest of the building looked like it would. If you pressed it, it would just fall over. It looked like the. It looked like the uh, Oklahoma. A bombing building. Yeah, and they were still doing a rate. It's like live from the and Oklahoma bombing. And they're pumping in oxygen because there's so much asbestos. Yeah, it's in like there. I'm, I'm trying to pay attention to the questions while I'm reading. You know, do not breathe. Do not. Like, do not be in this room for more yeah. than ten minutes at a time. I'm watching my fucking clock. You know. Yeah, those guys are great. There's a lot of great. There's there's still a ton of great radio shows that you can go in and do, and I think that's where you'd excel. Like in those markets where, uh, like. Like Cowhead show or Mike Calta's show. Oh, I called into that recently because I was doing. That's the other thing too is when you do amphitheaters, you know, you park your bus and you're you can't get to the fucking city. I mean, like all these cities I would go to. Yeah. Like I never saw the fuck. I mean, we're parked back there, and that was, you know, those amphitheaters are like t- fifteen minutes from the city. So wait, would you get on the bus in Nashville and then drive it to the show? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't drive it, but no, yeah. no, but that that would be the beginning. Well, we would meet. What they do is we meet at midnight, and then um, get on the bus. Like, let's say Philly, Pittsburgh, whatever. We'll get there. It's a 10-hour drive or 8-hour drive. We'll get there 8 in the morning. Bar- bus will park. Most of us will sleep t- a couple more hours. Get up. Sound check. Um, do a bunch of drugs. Try to find a place to take a shit, which is basically half the day. Yeah. And then, you know, just kind of hang out. They have catering. You know, just wait for food and then really? go play. Yeah. I'm excited. I want to... I think I'm turning the majority of my tour into a bus tour, but uh, but that's mostly because you just can't get sleep. Well, the other thing too is, I mean, that's the thing is, well, that's the problem with why you need a bus is because, especially if everyone else on, you know, you're opening for people who have buses, you have to drive overnight, you know. I mean, I would sleep, we'd leave the venue 2 a.m., get there 10 a.m., that was my sleep. Like in the old days with the van, like, you know, some dude wouldn't be sleeping at all. Yeah. We were driving around in van, so you can't do, really do that anymore. But yeah, I mean, if you, if it's. Is there, was there ever a time where you thought maybe if I go back to the van, we could just save a little bit more money? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I mean, we're doing the fucking van in, in on the West Coast. Yeah. Because they showed me the numbers between a bus and a van. And it's like a 45 minute drive from LA to whatever fucking Santa Ana. Yeah. And I'm like, you know we ain't getting no fucking you know dude my first run is portland to seattle seattle to vancouver calgary calgary to um vancouver and so i was like they're like yeah we'll get the bus for that i was like well the ride from portland to seattle is like a couple hours four hours hours? that's a lot longer than i thought is it three Three from portland to seattle (laughs) that's still fucking doable in a car service oh yeah i mean I mean, I know it's just me. Like, it's not like a big, a ton of equipment. It's me and another guy. Maybe, you know, if I don't get local guys to open for me, Calgary, you got to fly to. I think that's like a 12 hour, 16 hour bus ride. So I've never done Canada. What? I've never done Canada. You've never done Canada? No. Oh my God. I sell pretty well there too. And I should do it. You should definitely do Edmonton. You should definitely do Calgary. You should definitely do Vancouver, Toronto, Ontario. There's a Canada is such a... But it's so, not America. I like fucking America. No, dude. Well, I guess Canada, they speak English. So. Kind of. I don't know if it's... There's to- French too, right? Fuck yeah, they that. speak... Fuck like, that. I've done some shows where the, uh, English isn't their, in their favorite one. Yeah. I remember the first time I hung out with uh, 
Canadians who spoke French and I heard that, that I, I was like, shut up. I go, you're just making it. You don't really speak French. And they're like, no, we're from Montreal. We learn yeah, French Yeah, it's, it's weird for me to think that they speak fucking French up, you know, not that north of fucking, you know, Milwaukee. You know, it's like, it's, it's weird, you know? <laughs> yeah. So when you do the tour, when you do the tour on the West Coast, are you going to bring a comic with you? Uh, yeah, we got this guy, Roy Scovel's playing. Um, I know Roy Scovel very uh, well. Pl- he, yeah, he's really funny, man. Um, he's amazing. He's going to play the West Coast shows, and the, we have the sa- same act as last year, Jamie Wyatt. I don't know if you heard her. She's fucking great. Real fucking country. Sings great. Really? Great killer fucking band. She's going to play. So it's Roy and Jamie on the West Coast. We only, I only have some more shows this year. When's this air? Probably a couple weeks. Yeah, a couple weeks. Um, I got the end of November, West Coast, and then... Three more record release shows. New album. I'm pointing to the camera and the mic. Um, new album comes out November 30th, and then record release shows end of November. West Coast record release shows December 6th, 7th, and 8th. Nashville, Chicago, Milwaukee. Then I'm done for the year. How does it go? How do you work on a new album? Like, like, and I'll speak comparatively to stand up. Is like when I'm working on my new hour, just everything makes up. Like all the ingredients make up the meal. So like I say something silly uh, at a party and I'll write it down and I'll go, oh yeah, 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 yeah. But when you, but I get to kind of like piece that out throughout the year as I go like, oh, I'm in Virginia Beach. I'm going to write that uh, puff pastry cake joke. I'm going to try that. Like when you write an album, are you writing stuff down in a book and then Yeah, well, the what studio? I do is I have like a bunch of song ideas because I, I grew up listening to, you know, Albums from 60s, 70s, you know, I, I like th- kind of thematic albums. All my albums have kind of had like a theme and I just got married and had to have a newborn son. I was like, I want to make a family album, a real fucking, you know, my first love album, you know, because all my songs, I don't want to say some shit the audience don't know, but they're pretty, it's a lot of negative shit and about, you know, girls fucking me over or like me, you know eating pussy, whatever. I was like, I just want to do a mature album. And, a, you know, and my, and my wife was, you know, bitching at me, like, you know, like, pussy king. You ain't no fucking pussy king, you know? Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I should just do a fucking love record. Yeah. I'm, I love my son. I love my wife. I'll do a fucking love album. And then, of course, you know, when I sit down and write my love song, it comes out through the Will, the Wheeler filter. It's like, uh, like the perfect song I can think of from the new record, the song called Still Ain't Sick of Fucking You. Which is something I said to her, you know, I was just like, before we got married, I was just like, you know, I love, I'm, because st- I usually, I, when I fuck someone, I'm just, you know, I, all right, a couple times, good. And then it's like, I'm still not sick of fucking you. I get, and she's like, well, that's, I think that's marriage, you know? Yeah. Because that's how I, desc- how I thought about it. Just like someone that I can kind of fuck every day. And it just hit me like, because I'm just so dumb. Just like, I'm still ain't sick of fucking her. Like, this is weird. I do. I feel like that with Leanne all the time. I say that to Leanne constantly. Like, I can't believe I'm not tired of fucking you. Like, that's a. That's a. By the way, that. I would argue. Well, you got. By the way, I know she. We usually do the podcast with Leanne. I gotta say, you got a really cool wife who's just really open minded and cool. I mean, just about your whole lifestyle yeah. you built. It's cool to have her there. That's just kind of cool with everything you do. She's a really. She's a, a ride or die bitch. Like she yeah. is. She likes. Like she said. When we started to do the figure out the tour, she goes, I'm going to go with you on the bus that first weekend and get you organized. I'll say, yeah. And like help you set some rules for yourself 
and like like does she give you rules sometimes she helps me put put uh put things in parameters like okay. uh like she was the one like yesterday is a perfect example um we're supposed to go to the rams game me and isla isla's really excited georgia my oldest wants has a softball game and leanne's like you need to you need to slip pump the brakes on the rams game and go to the softball game and then she's like you need to figure out a way to let Isla go like and so she I I will just go through life with like a fucking bull in a china shop and not pay attention to anything and Leanne kind of like okay hold on like what she loves Sober October because I'm fucking so present all fucking day long oh yeah where are we what do you got a couple of dozen today what is today I have two days left I had a question so those points I see like on the socials what is that so it's so funny it's in my watch too so there's blue green uh yellow and red blue is like uh if your heart rate's at like 60 to 79 oh so this is exercise shit. it's not about it's, sober shit no 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 it's about exercise stuff so it's and a combination so, of being sober and exercise the, so sober is just a sidebar and since we're sober we're we had exercise yeah that's where the hard part i mean i will say it's hard to stay in shape on the road yeah, I, I think that's what Leanne's like. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with you, and I'm gonna help you figure out. Because if if she put me on a bus in in Portland and didn't have to, and didn't I didn't see her again until I don't even know what my last show is, but like Indianapolis, I would be a fucking mess. Yeah, see, so you got that's great, man. That you can, you know, you got that figured out. But that's me. I, I but I, like where you say is it is it fair to say you wouldn't have a career without without yeah. her oh yeah 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 I, I would i would have i would have like um like I'm, there's there's beautiful accidents in life where like you go i didn't get passed at the store until i was like 40 something thank god because had i gotten passed earlier drugs would have gotten into my life a lot quicker yeah i say i say that too with like 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 i'll sometimes look out in the crowd because i'm older like man i would have been a fucking I wish I had the energy to party or wanted to party, but then yeah. I look back. I say, like, if I was twenty five here, fucking forget it, dude. I would have missed bus call every fucking day. If I I was one of the biggest regrets in my career, and I and I feel like meaning me not 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 real regrets, meaning at the time that it happened, I'm always bad at speaking for myself because I say things half ass and then it comes out and I misspeak. But like when I was. When I just had Georgia, I wanted to be on Last Comic Standing too, so bad. I wanted to get into that house, and I wanted that as my career. And I thought that I didn't get it. I thought I really fucked up. Yeah. I thought I missed an opportunity that would have really set me on a great path. I'm very grateful that that didn't happen because I didn't have my voice in comedy. I didn't know who I was in comedy. Yeah, that's the problem. I think in in music or you know comedy or anything, if you, if you get people just luck you know you can get your break at the wrong fucking time you need your break when you're ready for it yeah you know like you need the biggest thing and it's what when you say i mean all joking aside when you say the premise of that song is i'm not tired of fucking you yet you know i believe like that's something i feel and so like i'm not even joking i think that about my wife all the time i'm not tired of fucking her but i'm a grown man and when you make art that applies to grown-ups I think it's a lot easier to have yourself a career. I think that's why Bill Burr got successful when he was 40. Jim Jeffries, um, all these people, Louis Gaffigan, all these people. Louis, probably bad example. But yeah, um, uh, I would say, you know what's funny you say that? Because country music, more than any other genre especially, 
the guys you love had a whole entire career of shit you don't listen to like yeah. Willie Nelson Waylon they had these like really you know the, the tie on trying to play other people's music the Waylon you love the Willie you love all that shit you listen to country music pretty much all the guys you listen to you're listening to them in their 40s yeah whereas and- you know you know in rock there's artists you love who died at 27 you know there's a lot of them. That's the 27 club, you know? Yeah, I wonder if rock and roll's got, like, more of a... Um, I think it's more teenage angst and rebellion, kind of. It's, it's who it applies to. Where country's more, you know, about life, you know? You know, people didn't listen to Nirvana because it was, like, it was about, you know, being a grown man, you know? They listen to Waylon because they want to hear what, you know, while you're driving your truck, what it's like to be a man, what it's like to be a woman, what it's like to be married, you know, making a, you know... You know, I think people would talk about, you know, what does he fucking, know? you know, I work in the fucking coal mine. What's he know? But it's the same thing, going out, getting your money, helping your wife, you know, feeding the kid. At the core of it, it's all the same shit, you know. It's it's funny when you... But you can't know, talk about that. You don't know that when you're 27. You don't know that when you're 27. I don't really think you know what to say when you're 27. In my opinion, like when I was 27, I was just... Well, when I was 27, I was doing only doing stand-up a year. I think I was probably closer to my voice at 27 than I ever than I am now even because right when I started I didn't know I didn't know that you could look at other comics and go oh that's the direction I'm going in I thought you had to be solely your own voice I remember I don't think that's a bad thing it's it's not but then the older I got the more I said oh if I assimilate and if someone sees me and and there's jokes I can find in my act where I was like oh I was just doing Dane Cook because it worked and I knew if it worked, it worked. Now I go, well, I'm just doing Bert. I'm going to do me. I can't I can't do jokes the way anyone else can. But when you're younger, you're all over the fucking map. I feel bad for guys who get fame in their 20s and 30s because in a weird way, it's just not sustainable. Like, Yeah, even- well, that that's the thing, too. Is You know what someone told me a story of? I don't know where it came up. Someone said that Ashton Kutcher, Kutcher, whatever his name is, yeah. uh, moved to L.A. and got... Like a sitcom, the week he moved. The week he moved, yeah. So I guess it must be well. Dude, I did an interview, not so, to interrupt. I want to, but I want to say that I want to just to expound on what you say. And by the way, fuck you that I interrupt. This is how a conversation works. Um, well, that's how we talk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I interviewed Ashton Kutcher for a TV show that I had, and I walked in and I said he he was drinking a Heineken in the morning, and he was. Uh, and I was like, nice. And I think I had a Heineken with him. We talked about him building a deck. He's building a deck. And I said something. I said, so how long have you been out in L.A.? And he goes, oh, I got my first sitcom like a week out of being. I said, I'll give myself like six months. And I went, six months? Yeah. And well, then he, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. What I was saying about him is if you get it a week in, you know, what's he going to say? It's not his fault. What's he going to say? Yeah. I pass. You know, I don't need that million dollars. I'm going to live in this shitty apartment. Yeah. I don't blame him for taking it, but... That's not how great art gets built. No one's claiming that he's the great, you know, artist of our of our time either. You know, you need that heartache, and you need the heartbreak, and you need the you need the fifteen years failure. Of and, yeah, you need people don't want to listen to a guy who's just had fucking success. You know, you need your own voice. And I have a Google obviously alert for Wheeler Walker Jr. And a lot of the articles I get are just you know people you know it's got a little Wheeler Walker Jr. sound. It's people other people talking about you know other people's music but compare but like that's what i wanted to be my own person so if you if you sing like me even for a line people are going to catch it i don't want people talking about you know comparing me to somebody same way you're talking about having your own voice i want people you you know i want people to go hey that guy's act 
there was a few lines that were a little like Bert, you know? Yeah. Instead of, you know, you having your own thing instead of, you know, being just a comic for the people, for all people, because you can't be there for everyone. You're going to be, you know, the bigger you are, the more, you know, there's going to be that the 1% of people who hate you or 5%, 10%, whatever it is, that number just grows as you get bigger. You know, it's more people, you know, you fucking suck. And, you know, but once you get to a certain age, you, who gives two fucks, you know, you're selling out shows, you're selling records. I mean, I don't even read that fucking shit anymore. And I, the negative, like the negative stuff that you get of like, oh, this is why I don't like your stand up. You go, oh yeah, yeah. I'm. I hope that not everyone likes it. Yeah, so everyone. Out. Yeah, if everyone likes my stand up, then I'm not doing it right for the people that do actually like it. Yeah, you don't. That's the thing people don't understand. You know, it's like you don't do a sold out show on your tour and then do a smaller show for the people who hate it. All that matters is the the shows you sell out. You know. They don't have it, you know, the negative, you know, on YouTube where they put the thumbs down. Oh, that's so funny. But you know, the th- so where, where the thumbs downs are, Yeah, you don't have to do a show for those guys. You know? <laughs> that's so funny is that you do a show because they're in a weird way. You do end up giving energy to people that don't like you online. Right. Yeah. But you'd never do your art for people who don't. You'd never go like, guys. This is for the people because they don't come see you. Yeah. So fuck them. Exactly. That's what I always, you know, that's what I always say now. It's just, you know, it's like, oh, my new video, you know, 5,000 thumbs up and seven thumbs down. Like, should I go, do I do a small show after for this, telling the seven or the 700 or whatever people to fuck off? You know, I just do it for the people who like it, you know? Yeah. And what's, and it's interesting too, because I'll get uh, negative comments on my solo podcast or this podcast, this podcast, I got a negative comment from a guy. Uh, I did a podcast with Justin Wren and he was like, dude, seriously, you have Justin Wren on the podcast and all you can do is talk about yourself. And I felt like going, Hey man, you weren't in the room. Like, what did you, should I have felt like I'm having a conversation with someone. This is how I talk to people. Like, this is who I am. I can't. And if you don't like it, there's a lot of other fucking podcasts. Yeah. And it's free. It's fucking free. Yeah. I remember watching, um, uh, an interview the other day. I don't remember what it was on, but I think one of those CNN shows like, um, they have like the 80s and 90s. They were talking yeah. to, to Seinfeld. He was talking about the first year where the show wasn't successful. I guess wasn't it, it wasn't successful. Wasn't, yeah. like, so then he was like, how are people not watching it? He goes, we're beaming it into their house because RNBC, we're beaming in there for free. So you don't have to leave your couch. We're just giving it to you. And people are saying, no, thanks. It's interesting now how people perceive the internet and podcasts as free content and not like radio and or television because they're like, oh, I don't know. I got to pay for cable. I got to like. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too, is, um, you know, streaming now, especially they're just like, you know, man, you fucking suck. I listened to your album 18 times. They can listen to They can. Yeah. Like I listened to your album 23 times, man. I fucking hate it. You know, where they used to just not have a way to even hear it. You know, now with YouTube, YouTube they can just they sit there, click, 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 watch it over and over again, man. I tried it 14 times. I don't like it. It's, do you think there are, do you think now with content being more accessible that has created more critics? Oh, a hundred percent. But uh, I mean, and so, I mean, I don't even blame those. I mean, if you told me when I was a kid, I think I mentioned this on your podcast before that if I wrote, if I tweet Axel Rose, there was even a 0.01% chance he'd read it. I tell him to go fuck off. Yeah. You know, and I liked him. It was just, just, just to get his attention, you know, yeah. like if he, you know, Come to Lexington. Come to Kentucky, you piece of shit. Just for something to do. And then I'm hoping he would say, fuck you, Wheeler. You know, fuck, suck my dick. I would, that would make my fucking day. That's interesting because I, I was in a room when someone got 
someone had tweeted a celebrity something negative and the celebrity wrote back and everyone laughed at the celebrity for tweeting back. They all laughed like, holy shit. It wasn't Bette Midler, but can you believe Bette Midler fucking in her mansion decided to fucking read this and I just fucked her day and everyone laughed at Bette Midler and I went, oh, I'll never reply to anybody negative. I just, I've blocked a couple people that my thing now is if I get on Twitter, um, I have someone block people for me on Instagram because I just there's yeah I've I, I've stopped reading Instagram but if I do I'll I won't respond on Instagram I'll just block yeah I don't I don't block. reply I just block people because I just go you know what I'm showing you pictures of my life this is my family this is everything if you're gonna be negative I don't need you in here goodbye like I, I like I you know not that I want everyone to just suck my dick on Instagram but you're like but some negative comments some of the some of the ones I get aren't funny and they're just mean and you're like hey man I think that you're hate watching me and I don't want you to have that hate watching. Well, yeah, but that's the thing. That's why it's so, that's a powerful move. That's why I like it. It's like you hate me, but you won't unfollow here. I'm doing it for you. You know? Yeah. It's a, you guess what, dude, you hate me so much. You're out of my life. Yeah. And I'm going to make life easy for you. Goodbye. And he's like, Oh man, who dude, am I, I making fun of? Now? I've had a guy, I've had a guy, I've had guys come up to me, and been like, dude, you blocked me on Instagram. And I was like, and we're hanging out. They're at my show. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't block people. It's, I got a, a company that does that. You must have said something fucked up. And they're like, dude, I was just joking around. And you're like, yeah, maybe you're not good at that. Like, maybe that's not your strong suit. Yeah, exactly. Well, I've had, I've had people come up to me at shows like, hey, man, I got a buddy who you blocked on Instagram. Like, is there a way I can get him back? I go, I don't know what he said. Someone does probably did it for me, but he's an asshole. I don't have the time to to find out who your buddy is and unblock him. You know, yeah. Tell you know, it's like, um, it's like saying you know I asked you for an I called you an asshole and you didn't give me an autograph. It's like, well, sorry, dude. Them, them's the rules. Well, you know what you know what uh, Lorne Michaels used to say, and this is before the internet. Is he say to like Chris Farley and Adam Sandler and those guys, people aren't going to stop you on the street to tell you they don't like you on SNL. Now they do. Yeah. Not on the street, but you definitely get your criticism. I wonder if that's creating better artists. Um, I don't. I. I mean, I could also make the argument that it could be hurting things too. Because if you're, re- you want an artist to be fearless and to not worry about what the fuck anyone says. But if you, you don't want someone to take a chance at something. When people used to take chances and do crazy shit, you know, you don't have to worry. You never had to worry about. You know, you see how many albums you sell, but you didn't, like I said, you don't see the net. Now you can see. Oh man the first few weeks sometimes albums take a while people understand people didn't like sergeant peppers for the first couple years you know maybe they would have pulled back and not done it with all that. they didn't like sergeant peppers right out the the gate no now it's thought of as one of the great albums but at the the time it was just kind of like this was a little weird a little trippy kind of taking themselves too seriously i felt like that with uh with every single beastie boys album ever released every the day i got it i was like i don't get it and then one day i'm driving on the street and i'm like who is this? And they're like, this is Beastie Boys. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Oh, I got to listen to that. And then I'm like obsessed with it a year after everyone else was obsessed yeah, with it. Yeah, I remember it. I got that album, uh, Check Your Head. And I was like, this sounds like a, a big mess. And then somebody at a talent show at our high school rapped, did some white guy did like, So What You Want? Yeah. I go, what song was that? This Beast, that was that album you said you yeah. fucking hated. I was like, well, let me listen to it again. Dude, Paul's Boutique in, in oh, high Paul's school. Paul's Boutique got a big backlash, and that's one of the great hip-hop albums. It got a time. backlash? I mean, no, it, it was, it was, it was, 
they were this huge like party band and people yeah. that album came out people hated it dude paul's boutique came out and i was like uh and i i i, I didn't i i wanted i must have been in like must have come out when i was in ninth grade or 10th grade maybe ninth grade and uh i didn't i bought it and didn't listen to it and then i started driving in 10th grade and my I, I can't when did paul's boutique come out will you look that up i want to say 90 was my guess no was it 90 it might have been 90 and i'm thinking instead of thinking uh, 89 pretty good it came out when i was in high school and i was driving and i was like yeah okay all right and then one day i was in college and i'm fucking driving down the street my brian, buddy brian callahan said uh because i'm the egg man at a party and i started laughing i go what's that from he goes beastie boys man you know what what happened in the old days and i remember this is like you would figure it out you had to figure the shit out by yourself you would be hanging out at parties like yeah somebody's like remember how we all hated paul's boutique and i we go, yeah i goes no, no 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 okay so i spent i got stoned i listened to it for two weeks straight go re-listen man you gotta check it out man it's really fucking good like okay we'll try it and yeah. a week later we're like you know what you're fucking right whereas now people tell you what's good people tell you what's not you know i guess that has more to do with the artist too i'm noticing more and more people just like like sturgill just got rid of all his socials like people are just getting i think people really? are getting off well i i wonder like i wonder i didn't put any insight into my last hour my last hour i did i didn't put any insight into it i just did it i didn't i obviously didn't like I, no one had written about my hour before, so no one gave a fuck about what I did. I, my last hour before was, I mean, I think the machine story was successful, but I don't think anyone really ever talked about that special because no one really saw it. I mean, where, what was it? Where, what was it? The, on uh, Showtime. Okay. It was on Showtime, and so it kind of w- went up, and people caught it, but it wasn't like didn't make a big splash. And fuck then, Showtime. I had a deal with Showtime to do a concert special, and they fucked me over. They bunch of fucking. Yeah, assholes. you told me about that. Yeah, fuck them. Anyway, so go on. And so. I got into this new hour and I just wrote it from like, I what like obviously my feedback is, is the audience laughing? That's it. Well, that's what's hard about albums is you're not, I don't go test my new material on the road. I just make the record. Yeah. Just me and, my, and that's why I think they're good. It's just me and my buddies. Do we like it? Yeah. That's a take. Let's go. You know, I wonder what it would be like. I would love to do a comedy album. Just me. And like, like I've always wanted to do what Adam Sandler did with, uh, with they're all gonna laugh at you, where it was just oh, him yeah, in a yeah. studio. I used to love that kid shit as a kid, you know. And now the beating of a high school janitor, and it was just oh, look at these boys walking down the hall. Well, you know, I remember I loved is it was a ga- it was a game called um are they fucking or lifting weights? And there was like, do you remember that one? <laughs> no. And they were just it was just like oh 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 oh. It's like they asked people on the street. Was, that was. They were, that's fucking it's like no it's lifting weights and one was like oh I'm fucking that's my dick in your pussy that's my dick in your pussy that ain't a weight it's my dick in your pussy and like that's fucking he's like no no that's lifting weights <laughs> dude the- but just just being a fucking dick you know being a you know being a dumb dick which is what I kind of do the you know? the hardest one of the like I can probably judge um based on material I could give you 10 of the times I laughed hardest based on watching someone's material. Like, and then I have jokes that stuck with me, but I remember my uncle Joe bones when I was in, I must've been in high school, no college. I was in college and he played, um, Adam Sandler's, uh, bit from that special, uh, the guy in left field. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. Dude. I mean, hold on. I remember watching, 
the hardest one I probably laughed was a buddy of mine's like, you gotta watch this movie Billy Madison. I go, I ain't got time for that shit. Dude, Adam Sandler movies always came on late with me. Like Billy Madison, I remember I went into Charlie Urban's room and they were all laughing and I was like, huh? I was like, whatever. And then one night I'm with this girl probably two years later and we're smoking pot and Billy Madison comes on and he starts hitting kids with fucking dodgeballs and I am pissing myself. I, mean, I was so, laughing so fucking hard. I just remember too, like, don't you feel like back then just if the VHS box looked weird, you just weren't into it, you know? Yeah, like it was him in the in the kid's seat and I just was like, oh, I'm not going to be into that. But it was so fucking... But then I saw Happy Madison. Happy Madison? Happy Gilmore? Also fucking hilarious. Me and Eddie Fernandez laughed harder than we've ever laughed. Hold on. You've never heard Adam, Adam Sandler. They're all going to laugh at you. Uh... Right field is the name of the thing. Just I'm sure I've, I'm sure I've heard on. it. But. Just see if you've heard this one. Come on, Robert. Pitch it in there, baby. We're behind you out here in right field. One down. Two to go. I'm it now. Yeah. Show him the magic. This chump can't hit. Please, God, don't <laughs> let him hit it to me. Anywhere but to right field. Oh, I remember. Please, yeah, this is fucking the best. Dude, my Uncle Joe played that for me, and I was howling laughing because the whole premise for those of you, you should go listen to it, but the ball keeps coming to him and just hitting him hard as fuck, and you Was that the one, same album where, like, some, I remember something about somebody's pants falling off at the on the slide or something? I don't know. The, all I remember is uh, Tollbooth Willie. Oh yeah, remember remember yeah, Willie? yeah, Ah, yo, fish-eating lesbians, I'll fuck you where you smile. But but I think, am I still good in the mic here? Yeah, of course. Um, I I but I just remember. Um, but what you're saying is a good point, which is, you, you probably don't get a chance to do what he did anymore to do comedy with, yeah. out knowing what the audience thinks at all. And I think that's what, why people dig my stuff, and that's why I think this new record is more like the first one, even though I thought the second one was great. But this new one is is more back to like. I just had. Well, the, it's hard to compete with your first one because your first one caught us so, so off guard. It was so different than anything out there that I think all of us fell in love with it immediately. Your second one was fantastic, but that first one just, it was so fucking in your face. And it was so like, and that, I think, that as an artist is like you go, and I think is what we're talking about in this conversation is like when you come out of the gates that fucking strong. And everyone sees you as one thing. How do you do? How do you get out of your own way and create art that has no attachment? Just go. Here we go. We're doing it again. We're doing something. We're that same freshness I took with that album. I'm taking with the second. Do you know what I mean? And I felt like I had it, but the third, this new one, it feels like back to the first one again. Where the first one, I didn't give two fucks whether anyone listened to it or not. And this one is the same way in a different way, which is. I don't. I'm, I make my albums cheap enough that if no one buys it, I'll, I'll still probably make my money back. Yeah. So I'm just like I don't give a shit. But I want to. I want to make this album, and it means something to me. So I'm just gonna do it. If people like it, cool. If people, and that, I remember feeling like I go. I feel like I did on the first one again. You know. Yeah. I'm just like who gives a. F By the speaking of which, you want to be the first fucking guy? I just got these FedEx to my hotel. You're the first man who's ever gotten it. Oh, is this the album? That's the album. <laughs> He's laughing at the cover. It's called WW3. Named after my son, Wheel Walker III. It's called WW3. Can I show you my favorite part? I want to I want to show you. Who's the chick on the back of this album? That's my fucking wife. Oh, shut the fuck up. Why well, you weren't going to talk shit about no, it. No, 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 no. I didn't see your baby. I didn't see your baby. 
<laughs> this I is didn't bad. See this, you, baby. That's a bad podcast. He's see just see laughing you, at my fucking. No, no, I didn't realize that was your family. I'm sorry. You fucking dick. Hold on. My favorite, the one I, the thing I want to brag about is my favorite is the thank yous. I just sent the thank yous. I just sent a picture of it to my family. Here, look, look in the inside, the top right. Read the, read the thank yous. First guy to read the thank yous on the podcast. The top right. Oh, I just got... Hey, can you do me a favor? Can you grab my glasses on the table in the inside? I just got reading glasses. And oh, I want cool. to them. see this, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, there are two sets of glasses on the inside on the dining room table. My eyes are fucking shot. Really? From what? I don't know. Uh, just getting older? I guess. And I'm I just, feeling it, man. I just got uh, regular glasses for like driving and stuff, and then reading glasses. And uh, I don't know if I got good looking glasses. I don't. I didn't even think to. I was just like, I want ones that are comfortable on me. I didn't think about getting ones that looked good. And uh, what's so funny is the guy put on. The guy gave me my reading glasses, and he goes. Here you go. And I was I was staring at this guy before I had my reading glasses on. And then he puts them on, right? And he's right in my face. And the second he puts them on, I realize he has pimples all in his mustache. And I did oh. not see them when I didn't have reading glasses on. Well, maybe you should keep them off then. These so are gonna look the better. regular ones. Um, no, because I start. I've, I've, I wear shades, you know, all the time. Because yeah. my, in my, in my mind, I'm like I put shades on for every appearance. Because you know we're on on camera here. It's like, and then when I take them off, I'll be free to walk around. Oh wow, this is great. Okay, we we'll go ahead and read that. But anyway, my point was when I take the shades off, people can still fucking recognize me, so it doesn't fucking work. Uh, this is thanks to my fam, t- thanks to all my family and friends who ha- who make made helped make this possible. I'm also dyslexic. Oh. Thanks to all my family and friends who helped make this album possible. Everyone else can fuck off. Well, it's just like, you know, everyone has the really long thank yous. And I'm just like, I didn't yeah. have that much space. And I was just kind of in a bad mood and in a hurry. So like, I'll just do a two sentence. Thank you. Thank you. If you know you helped with the album, thank you. If you didn't suck my dick is kind of what I'm saying. This know? album is dedicated to the love of my life, to my love, to my wife, my, this album is dedicated with love to my wife, Christine, and my son, Wheeler Walker III, who, had, who have let light shine out of the darkness. That's real shit, huh? Yeah. Here's the albums. Save some titty milk for me. I like smoking pot a lot. Even when. Fuck you with the lights on. I sucked another dick last night. Still ain't sick of fucking you. All the pussy you will slay. That's a ballad to my son. All the pussy you will slay. Anal in the dishes. Addicted. Rich some bitch. And fuck it up. Fuck yeah. Man, I'm psyched for you to hear it. Yeah, I can't wait. This is fucking awesome. And don't fucking put that on. What's the shit? Napster or any of that shit? I won't put it on Napster. I'm going to be playing this around the house. Leanne fell in love with your fucking music. I love it. Yeah, because she's a real, you know, that's real country. She knows her shit. Well, you guys, I think both have that same, that same, you, you, you like that you're, same you're, direction. You're from Florida, right? I'm from Florida. Yeah, because Florida is weird because it is the South, but it's kind of not really. It's not. These are my regular vision glasses I'm supposed to wear all the time. But I got to be honest with you, I don't think they really fucking work. Yeah, I had glasses for a little bit, and then I just stopped. I just got lazy, and I didn't notice any different. Like you said, like I could see pimples on people's chins, and I didn't give a fuck about that. I can see that better, but I don't think I need to see. I don't think I need to read things from far away. 
But well, in here you can you know every what everything is anyway. Yeah. Um. So what's what's the so how's it when you release an album these days? What's the process of releasing it? Is it just like it sounds so silly and I don't know the answer? But you just upload it to iTunes. Yeah, well, I have a, a a distribution company that helps me put. How does that work? I mean, it's a good question. I'm not sure why I'm. Pe- I mean, like, because I mean, they help me. I don't know. I mean, I think that my, I'm 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 thinking about two things right now. One is they're cool guys, so they might be listening, so I don't want to talk shit too much. But two is it, I think they're helping getting into like independent record stores, which you know, if I sell eighty thousand on iTunes and. Tw- 20 in the stores you know like what am i paying them giving them 20 percent of my itunes yeah. or 10 whatever it is but i mean the bigger point is it's still i own my masters and i own the album so when you see an that's why i don't understand how why people sign major label deals anymore like an album on iTunes. Well, major label deals these days are all about uh it's almost like what they do is they bring you in if i'm if I, I could be corrected but from what i understood is they bring you in as an artist and then they they get every yeah, well, cent it's, of it's everything weird. You're, you you're making the hand motion, but it's called a 360 deal. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. They get a yeah, piece yeah. of your touring, a piece of your... You know, a piece of your touring? A piece of your touring, piece of your merch, piece of fucking everything. Piece of your merch, piece of... If you get a Mellow Yellow deal, they get a piece of that. If they get a piece... Everything. You name it, they get a piece well, of all of it. Well, that's because there's no album sales left. It's like, why would why would we spend millions of dollars to... As I tell people, if you want to... If release albums independent, the difference between... You sign a major label deal for one reason, that's to be famous, period. Yeah. Because you're, you're not going to be rich. And if you do, you're giving away so much goddamn money that you're, you're an idiot anyway. But you put out independent is if you just want to make music. And if you, if it's, if it, you want to bet on yourself, you want to make money. If the album makes money, you'll make money. <laughs> you could sell a million records on a major label deal and make nothing. If I sold a million records of that, and I've sold quite a few... But I sold a million copies of that. Yeah. And I'm not going to now because I've only sold one. It was to you and I gave it to you for free. <laughs> but if I sold a million copies of that, you know, I probably get 80% of, I probably, I mean, I would have $8 million. Whereas yeah. if you sold a million albums on a major label, you'd probably, you might get 50 grand maybe. Is there a, is there a, is there a glass ceiling when you release independently? Like, is there... Uh, well, when you do what I do, I mean, that's the thing is I now have my system, which is I, I put my album out. I'll come out here. I'll do your show. I'll do whatever, podcast. I'll go to New York, do the wrap-up show. And I kind of do my, you know, to talk to my people. And yeah, I mean, there's... I mean, and I'm competing and, I, and I'm competitive with guys who are doing The Tonight Show and Ellen and all that shit, which is crazy enough as it is. But yeah. if I were... Th- if I were to do those shows, it could go either way. I mean, if I, if I were to make some clean, like let's just say I made a clean record and I could get on those shows, could I compete with them then? I would argue no because I'm not doing what I want to do. And the, my, my, my fans would leave me anyway. What if, would you, okay, just hear me out. What if a major label came to you and said, we want one run at a 360 deal with you just you own all your previous masters everything but we want to take you we want to shine you up we want to have a stylist come style you we want we want to do we want to we want to dirks bentley not dirks bentley uh we want to what's the guy's name that uh keith urban you yeah well, for that, one that run. You, but, well you know what's interesting so i did have those people reach out and once i learned about what 
money they take. I go, why would I? I go, why would I ever do that? And they go, well, if you don't, if you're not interested, don't take the meetings. So I didn't even take the meetings. I mean, really? big, big. You know, there's only a few people forget. There's only a few big labels left standing. I mean, like there's, who? There's Warner Sony? Brothers, Universal. I mean, a lot of these labels are just you know imprints of the big labels. You yeah. know, there's like everyone's like you know like Electra is not a is not a company. Electra's owned by I think Atlantic. Yeah. Or something which is owned by so I don't know. It's like Sony, Universal, and something else. Anyway, like two of them wanted me to wanted to meet. And I go, I don't want to, the main, especially country, the main reason to be on a major label, the main thing they can do that you can't do is get they can get, the get you on the radio. I go, my songs per the law, FCC, can't be played on the but radio. What if, what if they said, what if they said, play the game, one run, one run, clean songs. We're going to sit you with a singer songwriter who takes what you write and then helps you shine it up, and you, we're doing a stadium tour. And well, we're, here, and here's, we're just, here's here's the thing. Here's the reason. Here's the reason, and I'll be completely honest. Is I, I wanted to sit down with these people because I remember the stories of you know million dollars advance, two million dollars advance, ten yeah. million. The thing is, they there's no so 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 little money in the record business, especially compared to what it used to be. There's no advances anymore. Of that, I would do. I would. You can fucking try me up for a million dollars, but. The 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 advances are like fifty grand or something, like, hundred grand. And, and and they said we want to take. Oh, I can't read anything. We want to take you with. Uh, we want to take. Um, still ain't sick of fucking you, to, and we want to and we want to just take the teeth out of it. That's what Ron still White ain't used sick to of say. loving you. Yeah, so yeah. Still ain't sick of loving you. And I yeah. I mean I've I. What's weird is so my thing is I don't make. You can't find you know like hip hop albums have the clean versions. I refuse to make the clean versions, but there's yeah. DJs. Kansas City is the biggest one I can think of. This guy Johnny Dare has. I know a show Johnny that, Dare really well. Yeah, he's awesome. So he his show cleans my songs up and plays them on the radio. Yeah, and I got nothing to do with it. I go there, I play three thousand seats, you know, because I'm big on the radio in Kansas City. Because they and DJs do this in a lot of different cities. They they want to play my shit and they edit them. And I, as a joke, I used to always say, "You want to clean, clean, fun, clean up yourselves." And DJs started doing it. But if you want to, you know, I'm not going to sign a deal to, for some guy to own me. And take a piece of my fucking t-shirts to like, I know how to change stilling sick of fucking you to stilling sick of loving you. Yeah. I can do that on my own. I just don't want to do it. Yeah. Know? Yeah. 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 I don't think that's my audience. And I don't think. I don't think it's your audience. And it's also not how I talk, you know. I don't think it's how any of us talk. It's the same reason I don't do. I mean, I'm arguing the point of the same reason I don't do colleges and don't do corporates is I don't like doing. I could definitely take the curse words out of my act, but for me to, to flow consistently in the energy I like on stage, I'm going to have to say whatever the fuck I want to say. Well, that's my thing is it's just, there is a principle to it. We're just like the reason I do what I do is because I have something to say and I want to fucking say it how I want to say it. And I want to be the boss. I want to be the guy who makes the final decision. And I would kill myself if I was in any kind of, let's say I did that thing you were talking about yeah. and the album didn't do well. Be like, what the fuck? Why did I just go out and fail listen to somebody else when I was succeeding listening to myself. It's just so fucking stupid, you know? Yeah, it is. It is. It is. I think the thing that makes the artist is those own personal decisions. And I think that's one of the problems that we probably have with the major, like, and I'll, I'll say, uh, 
I mean, comedy, it's a little different because like, I still love Brian Regan and, and Sebastian's clean. Oh, I mean, listen, all, obviously, I mean, I, the, the music country I grew up with, there was no dirty country. No, but, but I mean, like, you know what it is for me? I just realized it's probably the sitcoms that I don't watch where it's a bunch of writers in a room uh, writing dialogue. Well, that's one way to do it, uh, you know, and uh, oh, that's what she said or whatever. I don't know. Watch sitcoms, really. But like is the same reason we don't like those versus the same reason that you see an artist who's up there like uh, like uh, Nashville, I can't hear you. The beer in my head lies or whatever the fuck. Yeah, I mean, the beer. I mean, those guys, I mean, if it ain't woke, don't fix it. If it ain't woke, don't fix it. Uh, you Grandpa know, still says the N word. <laughs> that one, that one, I should probably record. That's not a bad one. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I think, I, although I do think I should probably stay away from the N word. You know, in general, in my music. Um, <laughs> uh, but I was just gonna say, it's just like you know, you got it's just a different world. You got YouTube. You got fucking streaming. I mean, the biggest issue for me, honestly, the biggest radio station in the world right now is Spotify. Yeah. And they have these playlists that, like, let's just, if like if you're on that country hits playlist, you're guaranteed eight million like eight million listeners. Period. Really? People just there's people who go on Spotify and they love country. They just listen to the country hits playlist. And there's a billion country playlists. There's one called even called like, um, wild country, and we've called them a million times. They go, you guys can keep calling. There's no way in hell that Wheeler will ever be on a Spotify playlist. Period. Stop calling us. I go, I've got, I get, I have a half a million Spotify listeners a month. And I've gotten, you know, some of my songs have 10, 20 million streams. I go, I'm, I'm out streaming all your fucking artists. Put me on a goddamn fucking playlist. No. Don't even, add, like, literally. Really? We And we, and we fucking run the... And the major labels own a piece of Spotify. Um, that is that so payola or whatever. You know what it is? Is that's why streaming. You notice how the labels are now happier about streaming and they're not complaining about it anymore. Yeah. They realized streaming was the new radio, and then they're like, "Wait a second! Now we can fucking own the radio. We'll just pump it out. You know, we'll t- people are fucking cheap. We'll just put out. You know, like the top people are cheap. Yeah." They're just, they're, they're cheap sheep. They just fucking sit there, whatever fucking playlist you listen to. Like, I get it. Like, if there's a grandma's apple pie playlist, yeah. I ain't going to be on it. But just to tell me I'm never going to be. I mean, I just had a meeting the other day with Apple because I was just like, listen, Spotify, I'm not going to take my music off Spotify because I make a decent amount of money on there. But if there's something you guys can do. I would take it off. Like, if you can make it where you guys want to promote me. I'll do it, but you know, but I just don't like somebody owning the biggest music platform in the world and saying to my face, "We're not playing your music. We don't like what you do, what you're doing with country music." And it's fucking, you know, it's, it it pisses me off. I mean, um, and I'm not, I'm someone who's not against stream. I mean, more than, I mean, a lot of artists hate it, but I I stream enough that 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 point oh three cents does start to add up. It's worth it for me, and I listen to music on stream. I don't like the sound quality. But to own it like that, I mean, there's people I know who have twice my streaming numbers who couldn't sell two tickets. Yeah. They're just, their label bought or the label pushed a song into a playlist. And there's a lot of people like that. And I, I was just like, you know, I go, put me on a fucking rock playlist. 
Put me on a hip hop playlist, whatever it is. You know, I don't give a fuck. That was the problem with Comedy Central. I think that was a lot of the downfall of that network is they were going on personal friendships and personal tastes when it came to comedians and oh, who uh, do you like and all you like know. who who the network execs liked and well, who that, they wanted to plug and in. And there's probably that thing out in LA too, which is you know there's definitely that Nashville's thing out in LA. got their own like so and so is great. Everyone loves this guy here in uh, in Nashville. Yeah. Well, no one fucking pays attention to Nashville, dude. You don't. There's. I'm gonna I'm gonna bite my tongue, but there's a lot of times where I watched. Um, and by the way, I, I can't really say anything negative because I never sold tickets. I never was anything to anyone. Like I never was a reason to fight to get me on a show or get me on a, a Comedy Central presents or an hour special or and I got an hour special. Like I'm not I'm not saying me. I'm not saying me. And so when I bite my tongue, I'm just I'm just knowing that there are Comedy Central execs who listen to this that I am friends with. But there was a there was a nepotism that happened where they'd put certain people on certain things a lot and try to build someone's career because they knew them or they lived in Silver Lake or or they were like they what they wore the right tennis shoes with the right hoodie and they looked the part where it was like there's they're not fucking funny and also you could probably and I'm guessing you could probably sell a bunch of tickets in LA and be nobody you can you can be hot in LA and never be able to work this country this country is very different. You know, it's really interesting is to go on um, Google my, my, Trends. I was just going to say, my worst selling show every year is always Nashville. Really? Because people, nobody buys tickets in Nashville. They're, especially, I'll, I'll just play like a 1,000, 1,500 seater in Nashville. Everyone's just like, you know, I'll get tickets day of. Or I know his manager's buddy or something. Yeah. Or they'll be I don't tick- sell tickets in LA at all. Yeah. I sell tickets. I, my tickets are uh, East Coast south middle of the country i don't really perform well in like like uh i don't know if anyone performs well in north dakota south dakota yeah i don't think i've ever been there Montana. i mean we, we finally did the problem with denver it's just so out of the way we finally did denver for the first time and that was great we played denver big, would love you yeah we did a big theater there and that was sold out that was great but it's just hard to you know there's no there's nothing near it i don't do new new, new mexico oklahoma um, I just, I just have never, I, I did a, I did a casino in Oklahoma. Casino gigs are great. Can you do any casino gigs? I've never been offered one that I know. Those of. are fucking, hmm. I could, by the way, I will, if, if allowed, I'd ride off into the sunset just doing casino gigs for the next 10 well, years. Oh wait, the, the topic came up once of me doing Vegas and yeah. I said, figure it out. Let's do it. I'll do Vegas for the next 20 years. Just. Get me fucking signed up. I would do. I would do a residency in Vegas. Hundred percent in a heartbeat. Sleep in the same bed every night. I mean, I don't particularly like Las Vegas. I don't want to live there, but I'd do it just to have a. I mean, it's gonna have the same fucking TV, same bed. Yeah. Yeah. You know what do I give a shit? Oh, I I would do a residency in Vegas. I wonder if I would. Well, uh, Reba, Reba, and Brooks and Dunn, I think have that show. I've told you my Brooks and Dunn story, right? No, I've. This is the silliest thing in the world. When I was I went to school at Florida State and I was uh, buying a buying a soda at a gas station and this is when they used to sell single cassettes and there was a single cassette and it was no faces it was just a brand and it said Brooks and Dunn and our two biggest football players were Warwick Dunn and Derek Brooks and so I thought they came out with a hip hop album so I bought it and I put it in my car and I was so excited because I love hip hop and I played it and I was like interesting huh. They do hip hop. They do country music, and I was like, okay, it's not that bad. I was like, they don't sound like I would imagine them to sound, but 
It's different. I'm okay. You know, I guess they're in the country. So I listen to Brooks and Dunn because I supported think, the football think, players. Thinking it was the fucking football team got into the fucking mainstream country. Yes. And I played it for my friend and he was like, you like Brooks and Dunn? I was like, well, I love them. So yeah, of course I'm going to support them. Yeah, man. They can fucking tackle. They can tackle and run, man. And they can sing. Uh, that's fucking funny, man. They're, Brooks and Dunn's actually not bad. I kind of dig. I mean, you used to love them. I used to love them. <laughs> Yeah. I had their jerseys. It's funny when it's funny how you listen to music when you fucking go into it blind. Like if someone just tells you, like if you, I got I got a, a band. Um, there was somebody somebody told me um, there's this artist they like. I forget his name. This guy's near music guy, right? It's like Khalid or something. And I looked and I listened to DJ DJ Khaled Khaled instead. I was like, this is fucking. This just sounds like normal pop crap. Yeah. There was some other guy. Do you know who I'm talking about? They wanted me to listen to. I listened to the wrong thing, but I listened to it with a, it was weird listening to shit with an open mind. It's, it is really interesting listening to something. But I mean, I mean literal, mind. like actual shit, you know, like Christina yeah. Aguilera kind of pop. I was just like, I guess my buddy and I have different tastes, but you know, I'll, I'll, I actually got to the end of the song thinking it was like something good. Dude, we got introduced to, uh, the Wu-Tang Clan that way. I was in a car with a, I, on, I used to drive at Safe Ex Escort at Florida State so you normally you'd walk girls across campus during the weekdays, but on the weekends it was only one, two people would work as opposed to six or seven. Two people would work, and you'd have a car, and inevitably people wanted to be taken to parties. That's you know, girls would go like call them and be like, "Hey, can you take us?" To, and you couldn't drive off campus, but once you had them in the car, you couldn't deny them a ride. It was a little bit of bureaucratic crap, and I picked up these. Uh, girls and these boys you weren't supposed to have boys in the car but they, they everyone was everyone was black and they were like and I was they said what kind of music do you listen to and I said hip hop and they mocked me they're like you don't listen to hip hop and I was like no I do and they're like who do you like and I named what I listened to it was all like Suave House um, Ape on MJG uh, uh, Outcast anything that was like southern hip hop and they were from they were from uh, New York and they were like have you ever listened to Wu-Tang Clan and I was like no yeah that, that, sh that hip hop shit starts so regional oh it's so regional and they were like you gotta listen to Wu-Tang Clan here's the problem Wu-Tang Clan was made I believe I could be very wrong about this but it was made for people wearing headsets because that's how you take in music in New York is wearing headsets and so it didn't play well in a car the way it would in your headsets but me and my buddy Mike Osborne ended up falling in love with Wu-Tang Clan and Method Man in particular because one of the guys, like all the kids got out of the car and this one kid before he got out was like, you really do like hip hop? I was like, yeah. I was like, wait, did you think they made it for black? They don't make it for white people. Like that's, it's a crossover art. And he, I didn't say that, but I was like, yes. And he was like, uh, he was like, well, fuck what they're saying. Wu-Tang's good, but get Method Man's new album. And he goes, you'll really like it. It's called Tikal. And I was like, really? He goes, yeah, trust me. And so I got Tikal on Tuesday. I remember it was a Tuesday. Cause new albums came out, and I went up. You and remember the like, old days? That was fun where they would ha they have listening stations. Yeah. And you would actually go in, and you would discover bands yourself or artists or whatever, and you would tell, like, hey, you wouldn't be the first of your friends to listen to something. Now it's just like there's just a crowd of people, and you just skip in the back of the line. And you just grab onto it, you know? That is crazy. There were listening stations, and then you'd... You'd go in, you'd be like, all right. And they had, they had listening stations for every part of that fucking music place. What's crazy is now you got it all on your phone, every song ever made, and people still don't can't discover new artists. Dude, or I, don't want to. You know? I have a hard time when I go for a jog finding music on here because I just, I'm like, 
I'm like, what do I got to listen to tonight? And I just, I can't find There's anything. There's too much good. short, yeah. There's, There's much. way too much. I end up going, it's in a, in a weird way, it behooves you, you if your name is Alpha. Actually, I think Action Bronson is popular because his name's at the top of everyone's playlist. Well, I think that's what APA tried to do, right? Yeah. They were trying to get at the you know beginning of the, to be the first person in the record store. That's smart. I'm going to change my name. Because none of their names are ABBA. It's just like they were just like I'm gonna A, change, B. Yeah. I'm going to change my name to Albert. Yeah. Or Albert. I should just be A. Wheeler Walker Jr. A. Wheeler Walker Jr. Yeah. The, I mean, I listen to, uh, I listen to, here, let's see. If I go to artists, it's Action Bronson, Action Bronson, Adam Ant, Adam Sandler, Adele, Adolescence, Amy Mann, Alabama Shakes. Alberta Cross, Alicia Keys. And yeah, the A's are doing well in this in this day and age. Yeah, the A's are doing really well. well. Can, I, can I say something real fast when you're talking about football? Yeah, I want to give a plug to something that it's not for it's not having to do with me, but I just been in my hotel room the last two nights. Listen to the, to that um, Aaron Hernandez podcast. Have you heard it yet? No. There's a podcast. Of, not I mean, you know, the guy who hung himself. Oh yeah, he did a podcast. No, no, no. It's a, it's a podcast about his oh. life. Oh, for real? He did, no, he did a podcast between the time he hung himself and, and he dropped to the floor. No, no, no. It's a podcast about, um, it's called, um, I don't know what it's called. It's one of the top podcasts on there. But so, and I hate those storytelling podcasts because I, I, my, my ADD, Gladiators. Yeah. What is it called? Man, it's fucking great. But I can't pay attention to stories and shit, but if it's about football and basically the dude was was hiding the fact that he was gay it was a big part of his issue really yeah aaron hernandez was gay well you remember when he when, you remember when he killed himself dude i can't fucking believe this i'm gonna listen to this fucking yeah he did he killed himself because he had a boyfriend in prison well they said that that part wasn't true remember they said that's they, what i thought i thought they were they, doing they, that to like no fake they, news his life well they and then but then they said that part with the that he had a lover in prison wasn't true but he did have gay experiences they went back to his high school friends this one guy in high school was like yeah, we we messed around. We we did a lot of gay shit together. And so was that the thing he was trying to hide? Was that the guy who was well, yeah, really? Out was yeah, gay? he was like he was like really trying to look tough. And apparent, apparent, I don't know what it was, but he just, I mean, he basically killed someone at Florida, I think. Really? But they said they never found who it was, and then he killed somebody else. I mean, they you know what they've got on this podcast? They've got um his, you know, when you're in prison and you call your buddies, it's recorded. They have those recordings of him calling people out, you know, outside of prison. It's crazy. But so wait, is this is this a uh, a I, I, this is episode one, two, three? Yeah. So they're going to keep coming out weekly. Uh, I, I hope there's more soon because I just listened to all. Th- I I ran through all three real fast. Yeah. Because the first, I think that one was f- about his hometown, and one was about Florida. And Here's the- what it says. Let's throw on my reading glasses. Which one are my reading glasses? Well, oh, you can't see them without your glasses. I can't. I don't know. I think these are my reading glasses. They should make a find your glasses glasses. Football star Aaron Hernandez went from the bright lights to the Super Bowl to a convicted murder in a few years. The Boston Globe spotlight team, best known for its investigation of the sexual abuse scandals inside the Catholic Church, tastes a hard look. Yeah, it was the people who did that. Remember that movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the crisis facing the football player through the lens of Aaron Hernandez's life and terrible crimes. Did brain badly... Did brain badly damage? Did a Bradley? Did a brain badly damaged by football contribute to Aaron Hernandez's violent death behavior? Did he keep secrets about his sexuality that collided with a hypermasculine football culture? Did elite coaches and teams look the other way as he was spiraling out of control? Spotlight 
uncovers new documents, audio, and interviews. It goes deep into what happened to Aaron Hernandez and what it means for those of us who cheer on a violent game. Oh, great. So we're to blame in this because we like fucking football. Yeah. I was, they said, they actually said my name. They said I cheered too hard when Kentucky They're like Wheeler played, played Florida. They said, I, I'm, I'm responsible. I'm going to jail for it. No, but it was just crazy. I mean, they talk about his specific hits that he took in some of the ones in high school, one where he was knocked out for a while. He, They said when they checked his brain compared to, because he wasn't that old, right? Yeah, it was like in his 20s, I think. Yeah, I mean, he, he had way advanced uh, CTE compared to, I mean, it looked like said it would look like a seventy-year-old. I can never imagine uh, my solution to a problem being murdering someone. I can never imagine me getting that deep. But I've gotten pretty deep in like, in like confusion or depression, like where you're just like, f- and or uh, let me just say this: there's, there's a uh, yeah. No, I was gonna say the same thing. I've been pretty damn depressed before, before and I've never went out and shot people. You know? But I will say there is like, there is like things where like. Uh, um, I do get impulsively out of control. Like there was a guy that was putting things about me online and I like a, a f- old friend or whatever. And I got really upset about one thing he said. And I, I call, I tried to call him I, and I tried calling him twice and then I, he never answered. And then I was like, and then the next day I couldn't remember what he put online. And I was yeah, like, no, wow, I, I was I, really I, upset. I would have gotten through, really upset. I, I go through rage like that. But you know, the, you, you know, they were, um, I heard a rumor they were going to try to, uh, OJ was going to, recently was going to try to claim that it was because of that that he did it. CTE? Yeah. I wonder if I got any CTE. Did you play football? Yeah. Well, yeah, but I had, <clears throat> I had, I've had a lot of concussions. From what? Just partying? Just, uh, yeah, I guess. No, um, I got in a fight one time. Um, I got, uh, I played football. Um, I think just regular being a boy, like just. Hitting your head a lot? Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, when I was a kid, I hit my head a lot, but I mean, but you, you just, it was a ding, you know, I was like, fuck, this hurts. And Like, how many concussions do you think you've had? I'll bet I had a couple growing up. I, th- I would think I probably had, I had one basketball camp, I had one in a fight in college, I had one, um, I, have, I had a couple in football, so I maybe have five concussions. Yeah, see, that's the thing is, I don't know, because back then, you wouldn't, I wouldn't have known. Yeah. When I had him, I didn't know what the word even was. I just, I, they, yeah, it's funny. I wonder how many like Teddy Roosevelt had, you know, I wonder how many Donald Trump's had. Hmm, I don't know. I wonder if he's ever had a concussion. Doesn't seem he like someone. Doesn't, doesn't seem like a, he seems like a talker, not a fighter. Yeah. It seems like someone who hasn't put on a ton of helmets. He seems like a guy's like, I don't like what you're saying. My buddy's going to fucking kick your ass. Yeah. Um, so you have your guitar. I thought maybe we could play a song and then yeah, I'll do one from I'll do one from the new record. Yeah, I would love that. I wish Liam was here. I'd love for her to come back and hear it. Let well, me see if yeah. Well, I'm gonna see if she's here. If she can come back and listen. What's <laughs> what song is this? It's called "What Fuck You with the Lights On." <laughs> it's my another love song. When I fuck you with the lights on, I wanna do it all night long. Wanna see them old titties flapping? Flip that switch, baby, make it happen. Come on, honey, do we have a deal? I'll split your legs in the electric bill. You're alright, you a love, 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 love song. If I can fuck you with the lights on. Girl, there's something different about you. 
Makes me want to try something brand new So let's get you back to my place We ain't got no time to waste I want to put a big smile on your face When I fuck you with the lights on I want to do it all night long I want to see them old titties flapping Let that switch, baby, make it happen Come on, honey, do we have a deal? I'll split your legs in the electric bill Girl, I'll write you a love, 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 love song If I can fuck you with the lights on There's a lot of things I cannot see If you'd met my ex, girl, you'd agree Cause when the lights came on Hell, he scared my dog Now his tail is wagging all over the place When I fuck you with the lights on I wanna do it all night long Wanna see that ass clapping Flip that switch, baby, make it happen Come on, honey, do we have a deal? I'll split your legs in the electric bill Girl, I'll write you a love, 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 love song If I can fuck you with the lights on Well, fuck going green Cause your tight pussy needs to be seen So let me fuck you with the lights on Wanna do it all night long Wanna see them old titties flapping Flip that switch, baby, make it happen Come on, honey, do we have a deal? I'll split your legs in the electric bill Girl, I'll write you a love, 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 love song if I can fuck you with the lights on If I can fuck you with the lights on If I can fuck you with the lights on Turn them lights on How is that? I love your music. It connects so quickly with me. You, you get it fast. I man. do. I get it so quickly. It's so interesting because you write, and I hope that I do this with stand-up, but you write from a place that I live. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what someone asked me. I have a publicist, which is, we can talk about that some other day, but it's like, they go, I need a quote about this song because they're sending the song out to people. I go, when you really love someone, you want to see it going in. Yeah. He, 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 he rests like normal music clients. He's like, what the fuck? You know, I can't send this out. I go, send it out to people, see what they say. He texts me back like two hours later. He's like, they all love it. Yeah. You know, it's just like, that's why I, I like what I do and I, lo- I just love shit like this. It's like, I don't, because, because I love that I'm putting out music like this. I can come here and bullshit with you for an hour and yeah. going, trying to fit this conversation into three minutes clean on the fucking yeah. radio. Like, we live in a world now where, we, where this can actually happen. I can play that song and sing, you know, about fucking sticking my dick in your pussy with the fucking lights on and we can do it. And there's, you get more fuck, I guarantee you more people listen to you than fucking I did uh, last year. Uh, Carson Daly, uh, the TV, like I was on NBC, but I mean, how many people watch Carson Daly? Probably a third of what listened to this fucking podcast. It's a, I wouldn't say, yeah, it's a, this is, and it's more of an active listener that listens to this as like a legit, like I just put you on my Instagram stories and there will be people that go, oh shit, he's got a new album, swipe up, you know? Exactly. That's, I mean, that's <clears> the thing is, you know, you go to very specific, I mean, I didn't understand the power of it till um, my first album, I did Rogan on the first record. I was like, oh cool, that'll be cool. I like the dude. And then. I fucking went, my album went number one in Australia. Yeah. I'm like, this is worldwide millions of people, you know? And why the fuck would I kiss some 
radio DJ's fucking dick to get on some station in some specialized market I don't fucking care about. Well, it's in what what's what I think sells to us is what you said when your publicist asked for a one-liner, the honest thing. When we were getting ready to do this tour, they we do this whole big bio and they were like, "What's we need a one-liner of what you're saying like." And they're giving me other ones and it's other comics, even friends of mine that are like uh all new material, really excited to take it out and get it get it up and running for my next special, you know? And I just, all my one-liner was, was uh, I just got my full blood panel back and my liver's healthy, so I'm super excited for this tour. Well, and they were what, like... They asked me, you need a bio <laughs> for mine too? And you, I said, I said, you know, it all started, I was at a Walmart and I felt like yodeling, so I just started yodeling. Next thing you know, I fucking took off. <laughs> I was like, they go, that's the Yodel Kids fucking buy. I go, oh shit, you never mind. Like as if I, as if I, as if I didn't fucking know, you know? Um, so yeah, man, I appreciate it. I love your podcast. I love coming over here. It's just cool to shoot the shit and then it fucking airs. Dude, I love you. I think you're the fucking best. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Dude, you, you, uh, I'm telling you, man, I'm, I was so excited when you went out with Kid Rock. I'm so excited for this next tour. I just want to pair up my schedule so I can go out on the road with you and do one of your shows. One of these days, man, we'll make it happen real fast. Um, and so you're booked. I've only got seven more shows this year, and we haven't even booked 2019 yet, so I don't even know. My 2019 is completely swamped. That's going to be, that's this year. Um, yeah, that's, I start January 9th now, or 8th now. Well, take advantage added. of this time, man, because you never know. Because when I see all these shows, theaters sold out, you know, enjoy it. Because people told me when I was having sold out shows to enjoy it, and I noticed I didn't. Yeah. Just because I'm always bitching about something, but... I looking back, I should have enjoyed it a little more because it'll be gone in a week. You don't know. Yeah, it's it's. I think you get. I'll, I'll probably do maybe one good run of theater shows, and then we'll do theaters, sprinkle them in here and there, but go back to clubs and or maybe may, who knows what'll happen. But I'm gonna like we did we did a one little small theater run, and I thought to myself that same thing. I thought enjoy this because a lot of people go in and do theaters, and they're so worried about the numbers. And yeah. when you don't have to worry about numbers, and you can just go in and go. Like I went and one of the things I did is I took showers at all the theaters and then I thought of all the people that maybe showered there back in the day when they were, and I was like, oh, this is cool. And I like really tried to slow it down. Yeah, well, I did that more. For, I mean, I enjoy the albums more than the lot because I remember I did my new album at Studio. That's why the podcasts are weird for us. Yeah. We could talk forever, but I recorded my new album at Studio A in Nashville. Yeah. And I go, I'm standing where Waylon stood. I'm literally standing where Do Dolly recorded Jolene. Yeah. I go, Elvis has stood there. Here, enjoy this. Think about this, you know, and don't take it for fucking granted. You can re you can afford now to s record at fucking RCA Studio A. And, you know, Elvis had his first date with Lisa Marie here during a recording session. So That's fucking think crazy. about it and fucking enjoy it, you know. Dude, congratulations! Thanks, man. It's and, always good being here. And thank you for doing the podcast. And where can everyone get the album? iTunes, Amazon. I got some packages on my website where if you want to um, get autographed versions of it. I'm gonna do a picture of I'm gonna do a picture and post it on my Instagram. Well, you might stories. as well sh show off that you're literally the only man on earth who owns it. Fuck yeah! Wheel One person has it. Wheeler Walker Jr. Do, everybody do appearances all day, and I'll tell them all they're the only one too. <laughs> Whoever I t say it to later, I'm lying. You're the only one who has it. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.